It's always great looking around here and seeing everyone dancing to our theme song intro. You know we're doing something right when we have something like that, eh? It's so good. It goes so high. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Team Podcast. This is episode 11, continuing our off-season march towards the NBA season. I'm your host, Jake Schultz. Joined, as always, to my left is Zolfi Shake. What's up? What's up? To my middle, Spencer Kloss returning. Back. He's back. He's alive. Rusty, you are back, feeling. You are going to be rusty. You're not feeling great either, are you? No, but I, I had to come for the pod. And Daniel Ramos. Hey, why do you say it like that? Oh, I, I, I can't be as excited for you as everyone else. Well, I'm excited for me. Okay, well, at least, someone, at least someone's excited for you. Damn. Wow. Sorry. God I, I, damn. I'm feeling spicy. It's the first time all four of us are back for a little bit. You know, Spencer <laughs> walked off on our episode and then just died for a week, so yeah. we, had to <laughs> we had to pivot a little bit. And now we're losing Daniel for another week after this. Yeah. It's like the, no one wants to see us together. I'm going to Cali. Fellow listeners, you you, ga- Cali. you gave us the name of the square, and then you just are like cutting out the square. You're going to no, go back to a triangle after that. What? <laughs> what? You what don't, you you don't remember that? Oh, Earlier in the podcast, you called us a square. Our group, you called us a big square. Today? No. No, no like today, episode three. Today, <laughs> today. <laughs> it's been. Let's see. It's been a minute and fifty seconds since we started. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that. You know, I have short-term memory loss. So. Hey, hey, Dan, you're going to Cali. It'd be great to see what you're getting up to and pictures you're taking. You want to tell us your Instagram so uh, we can we can yeah, see it all. Yeah, you guys can follow Dee's Digital. <laughs> D-E-D-E-S and that, that doesn't sound like a yeah, personal the Instagram. One. I, th- the I one. think there's another one on there too, isn't there? I don't, I don't think so. Hi everyone. <laughs> How y'all doing? Great, great start to the episode. Uh, there's a lot that's happened once again. We say it every single episode. Summer season has been on fire this entire off season, and the uh, summer league has been undergoing. Uh, Let's just get right into it, you know? I don't think that needs much more anticipation than we saw the debut of Victor Wembayama. We saw Brandon Miller in action. We saw Scoot Henderson for five minutes before he left with a shoulder injury. Let's go through some initial thoughts, first of all, on Wembayama. This man's debut was so hyped for months now. We finally get to see him play. And he came out looking (laughs) real rusty given that nice, nice meme that was born saying, I had no idea what I was doing out there, that every single Twitter troll is going to be using for the next 12 months. And then he played very well the next game. Uh, what are our overall thoughts on Wembayama? He's been shut down for rest. Obviously, we, we, we knew he was only going to play two games, yeah. and that's why the NBA decided to put Henderson and Miller back-to-back. What are our thoughts on Wembayama's debut? Yeah, I think uh, Wemby's going to have growing pains. And whether he's a generational talent or not, that's just the truth of it. Like, being an NBA player is hard. And I think he's going to grow pretty fast and get good in this league. The big thing is going to be what can he do offensively on a given night. Defensively, I th- like, I'll like i go as far as to say I think he can be elite right out the gates defensively. Kind of similar to Evan Mobley in his rookie season. Like, very, very good defender right away. I think Wemby can probably lead the league in, like, three-pointers blocked. He's just that tall and that lanky on, like, the wing and perimeter. So I think he'll be able to do that. Offensively, we saw just uh, two complete opposite games. Yeah. One game where he couldn't really get anything going because he said, like, the pace of the game was challenging for him. And he realized that, like, oh, my God, these guys don't stop running. And that's the NBA game. You just run like crazy. And no other league has the pace that the NBA has. So, like, it's going to take him a while to adjust to that. He's going to have to get on a treadmill, get some cardio going, and, like, figure that part out. Because if he gets tired out there, he's not going to be nearly as effective. And then we saw when he knew what to expect in the second game, he balled out offensively. He was able to get better looks. I think it's going to be, like, very Joel Embiid-esque where, like, 
a big thing about him early in his career is going to be can he stay in shape to keep out there i don't even think it's going to be like strength or muscle it's going to be like fitness and can he match the pace of the nba so it's curious to see because there is a lot to be excited about but now people are starting to realize that even though he's a generational talent he's gonna have to figure some things out it's also one game and two games yeah like the everyone the initial reactions that i saw everyone clowning him coming off the the tales of the britney conspiracies and all the stuff that was happening with that there was a lot going at Wembayama's head britney stains were at his throat it was crazy yeah, i saw crazy. the video of Wembayama getting dunked on to some britney song yeah. <laughs> like is it's funny but he is yeah there's He's growing like pains he was not good that first game. Two of 13. He shot 15%. But yeah, he, he came back and responded the next game immediately. 27 points the next game. Overall, his stats, 18 points per game, 10 rebounds, so a double-double there. 1.5 assists per game, which were gorgeous assists, first and foremost. He had some dimes that he was dropping, especially in that first game. He was had some really good dimes there. Four blocks a game. He had five the first game. Three turnovers a game. That'll clean up. 40% from the field, 30% from three, and 68. So yeah, it's growing pains. It's summer. It's summer league. This is what summer league is. He's a kid, and everyone is weirdly forgetting that. And we saw it with Brandon Miller's first game as well, who I think has responded back to a very nice summer league so far. And people are just afraid. They're just like, oh, they need, they want rookies to come out looking like LeBron James in their <laughs> in their first game actions ever. And Grady Dick is one of those players as well. But Spencer, what do you think of Wemby? Uh, I think people forget that he's still very raw. Um, He's being called a generational talent, and unlike you just mentioned LeBron James, unlike LeBron James, it's not because of necessarily his talent, but it's more that he has probably the best ceiling we've ever seen in the NBA. So I think people have very unrealistic expectations for the for Wemby. Um, I think that he's gonna have like take a little bit of time to get into his like, groove on offense, but like Zolfi said, you can't teach that length. So defensively, I think he's gonna find a spot and he's gonna earn his minutes but I don't think that he's going to be like a 25-point-per-game per score in his rookie year or anything crazy. I think that people hear the term generational talent and they expect him to come out looking like Kevin Durant, 7'5". But he's got some he's got some work to do, that's for sure. But he looked he looked great in that second game, I have to say. Yeah, he did look really good. And he also looked horrible in the first game. That's why I don't even think there's much of a conversation here. It's Summer League. I don't like putting stock into Summer League. Uh, I think most people who know basketball know not to do that at this point. Um like you said, Jake, the only people clowning him were, like, Twitter trolls. Britney fans? And Britney fans. Like, those are the only people that are going to be, like, saying he's, like, a bust already and stuff just because he had one bad game in, in the Summer League. Like, who cares? It's Summer League. Like, I don't know. I don't really have much to say other than that. I just don't think you should put much stock into Summer League. I think it's just our first look at these people and – it gives people an idea of what to see from some of these rookies. Chet Holgram, we've been waiting for a year to see what he looks like, and he come out. He came out looking great, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put stock into that because I think Chet Holgram is gonna be really good, and I think he's gonna fit in well on OKC. So I, I get it. It is summer league, and people need to calm down a little bit. But we do see these performances from players that do end up translating very well into the actual NBA itself, and I think that while yeah, Wemby didn't play great. But you, you, you can put a bit of stock to it sometimes, you know, yeah, like you, you can you can learn from it a right. little bit. Like to your point, like these games can be a bit of a vibe check on a roster, especially like the younger players on a roster. Right. And like, again, you're not going to think Wemby's not going to have a good rookie season because of this. But you can learn that, hey, maybe he is going to struggle offensively a little bit just and because of what we saw. It was a sold out arena for Wemby's debut. Like that doesn't happen in summer league. So there was pressure. 
right? And that's another aspect that we're not really thinking about is that this guy being touted as that generational talent is going to have that pressure immediately right on his back. And that's when he had that first game. Yeah. And once he settled in a little bit, he looked a lot more comfortable. The only, like, real, I'll say, loser in, like, Wemby not being, like, immediately just, like, Hall of Fame worthy is the NBA. Because all the casual fans that tuned in to watch Wemby's debut probably left being like, oh, this guy's not going to be all that great. Which is unfortunate because it's not true. But, like, a lot of them probably aren't going to tune in every single night to see Wemby now. And the only real loser from that is the NBA because Wemby's eventually going to get and become this talent that he's going to live up to this uh, first overall like title, which at least I think he will. So I don't think there's any problem there, but I definitely see the NBA being like, yeah, this this kind of sucks for us because we have all, like, like you said, sold out for Summer League. You probably have so many people who don't even really care about basketball paying attention because of all the hype around Wemby. So all these conclusions are not going to be drawn from it, which is a little unfortunate, but... I think he still is well on his way to be a great player in this league. Yeah, just to build on that a bit, I think that's probably like 98% of people's first time watching him play like a full quarter of basketball. It was my first time. That's a good point. He just wasn't, he didn't go to college, right? So watching him wasn't as easy as it was to watch like a Brandon Miller. Like if you were intrigued by Brandon Miller, you just tune into March Madness and you at least get to see two or three games of him. Same with Scoot Henderson. You literally just tune into the G League and watch him play. Yeah, he wasn't accessible. So like that was so many... That was so many people's first time laying eyes on him play like a stretch of basketball longer than like a minute. That's a highlight. So I think that's that's why there was such a big reaction. Any other standouts from Summer League? Uh, I'll throw one name out there first. I think probably the most fun I watched during the Summer League was Jabari Walker. He was so good. (laughs) And that buzzer beater that he had was electric and everyone was waiting for Wemby to come out because there's the shot of Wemby like watching the game waiting for his debut and everyone's like get this game over with it was like a back and forth game with the Trailblazers I don't even remember what the other team was but they're back and forth and it ended with the most improbable buzzer beater that I've ever seen oh it was the Trailblazers and Rockets that's what it was and over Shaden Sharp because Sharp pinched and Mm. he just continues to show out and the Rockets undefeated so far in Summer League have looked like a lot of fun and in Summer League, what you see a lot of is players playing for contracts. The Rockets don't look like that team right now. They just kind of look like a young, fun squad that's out there balling. And then when you watch some of the other teams, <coughs> Toronto Raptors, that are <laughs> a bunch of individual ISO players playing for their own contracts. Yeah, we'll get to it's that. It's a stark difference. But I've I've had a lot of fun watching this Rockets team and Jabari Walker. They're, they're my two favorites that I've watched. Yeah, uh, kind of building on the Rockets. Jabari Smith Jr., That again, I've obviously been open about i like shangun more than him but what he said post game when they asked him like oh why are you playing he's like what do you mean why am i playing i'm like 20 years old and like i'm coming off my rookie season and i clearly wasn't perfect like that attitude is phenomenal it's so like that instantly makes me a fan of him and i think he can do something in this league if he keeps that attitude up so that is just a shout out to rockets and like i see that as like an immediate impact of having guys like fred and all these other people on this roster and adding talent because he knows he's going to be held to a higher standard he knows there's going to be vets in this team that are going to hold him accountable. So immediately you see it from him. And I'm not saying he hasn't always had this attitude, but like going from his rookie to his sophomore year, showing that, being like, I'm going to get here, I'm going to get the reps in because I want to get better, I think is going to take this Rockets team a long way. But like in terms of uh, players that are like people that stood out to me, I'm doing this just to annoy Jake, but Pacers, man, the Pacers team has <laughs> looked good. Andrew Nemard, his last game, 21 points, seven assists, three steals. Like he looks like a man amongst boys out there he's a baller i am so in on this pacers team you have benedict Mathern out there as well doing his thing i think there's so much young talent on this squad 
And if they can get the right combination of vets, maybe make a trade for, you know, a veteran forward out there, you know, who might be available. Masai, you know what I'm saying? Masai might be moving him. Uh, but I don't know. I'm all in on this Pacer squad, and Nemhart looked fantastic. So I think they're a team that I'm really, really tuning in for. I want to say quickly, I said Jabari Walker. I meant Jabari Smith. I th- oh, yeah? <laughs> I thought you did. I didn't want to I mixed the buzzer beater up because I was just like, I didn't be wrong. you could have. You could have saved me a little bit of embarrassment I didn't want to be wrong, there. though, and I... I well, that's embarrassing for me if I'm like Jabari Smith. You're like, no, Jabari Walker. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were just all in on Jabari Walker. No, Jabari Smith. He's the one who's been the say, most exciting for sure me. Because I was like, because well, I was talking about the teams. I was like, wait, Portland and who else? I'm like, wait, I'm, but I'm thinking of the Rockets. I'm thinking of Jabari Smith. There's too many Jabaris. Yeah, all right. Shaden Smith. Uh, Cut me some the, slack. Like, yeah. All right, there we're rusty. We're not doing like three episodes a week anymore. So no. <laughs> you know what? Give me a little bit of break. Uh, Nemworth apparently untouchable. <laughs> In trades. Supposedly. I might have to agree a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Know. Okay, I don't I wouldn't say untouchable. <laughs> I'm kidding on that. But what I will say is if the Raptors do trade, I need Nemhart in that yeah, trade. He has, to be, in like, it, he has to be in it. Uh but yeah, I'm all in on the Pacers team. Any any other names stand out to you guys? Uh yeah. Canadian star not star, Canadian player Leonard Miller. Dropped in the Ooh, draft. Twenty points. Yeah. Dude, he's uh averaging eighteen points. I know I said don't put stock into Summer League, but I'm putting stock into Summer League, okay? 18 hypocrite. points. I'm a total hypocrite. <laughs> 18 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2.5 steals per game. 53% from the field and 50% from 3. Um, he was actually supposed to be a, a lottery pick originally, and he dropped all the way to 33. Yeah. So that's a cool one. I like that one a lot. He's playing well and you know, hopefully proving the people wrong that pass on him. I love seeing um, guys like Jalen Williams, J-Dub, just out there looking like Kobe in summer league because he's obviously way too good to be playing, but I'm sure that he doesn't feel that way, which is obviously good to see. He wants to work on his game, but I always I always find it hilarious when guys are impactful in the NBA and then they play in the summer league and they look like the, the greatest of all time. It's There's a couple of guys like that, but that's definitely one. Men Thompson, another one that I thought looked yeah. really good. Adam yeah, his IQ too. is unbelievable. Got hurt as well. So yeah. that that's two injuries we saw in Summer League. There, I don't think they're going to be anything huge, but that it, we got so they got shut down for a reason. They're not going to keep risking them get hurt more. Kason Wallace. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about him. We that's talked about him on the pod saying that he was a lookout for him. He's going to be fun on He's, the team. OKC is going to be so good. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm all in on especially watching Chet Holgram playing. Thinking of where all of these young players slot in with each other is going to be so it's fun crazy, to watch. Man. And the fact that they still have like 25 first round picks in the next <laughs> seven yeah, years. They can make some trades. You want, you want me to hurt Raptors fans even more? No. no. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 29 points by the San Antonio Spurs' Malachi Branham. That's somebody the yeah. Raptors could have drafted with that pick they no longer had when they traded for Jakob Pertl. And he probably would have been who they drafted. Cam Whitmore looked really good. So that's tough. A lot of the rookies look good. You know what else looks good? Well, looked good in uh, initiating play. Marquis Noel. He was fun, man. In the first game. In the, in the first, first game. game. Second game the second game, game he really second struggled. second game was a lot tougher because his shot not falling, I think it exposed a lot of uh, what we all expected him with him being 5'7". But the first game was so fun, man. The yeah. one like cross the whole, court one dude, that he did. Those passes were insane. They he always like the looked only, like they're going out of bounds. He definitely yeah. has that like spark plug in him, like where he can yeah, he just hustles hard yeah. all the time. Sounds yeah. familiar to a player that they just let go. A little bit That's shorter. True. Yeah, He's a little bit shorter, but he on it. Like I saw a really good IQ with him. Let's get into the yeah. Raptors in general yeah, for the summer league. Raptors good summer segue. League. Yeah, let's go. It was a great segue. So Noel debuted. We also saw Grady Dick in there. What are our thoughts about the Raptors? I hinted it a little bit on my thoughts. Um, 
this is a team that is not looking great off the hop. They all look like a bunch of players who want contracts and are trying, and there's zero ball movement at all. And it's That's really, why Noel stood out. It's really hard to watch. Grady Dick, I feel like, has been put in the position where he needs to be shooting the ball over 10 times a game, which is ridiculous. For like, I'm not ever expecting him to even be doing this on the team this year. But he was like jacking up shots that were crazy. Shocking him like nothing. And they didn't look great. No. He had a couple of nice moves. Hit two back-to-back threes in a row. I thought there's flashes of him being good, but he's never going to be put in a position where he's going to need to do what he was doing in Summer League. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. But I was really disappointed, especially with all the hype around this team. Hype, quotation marks. The new coach coming in, all this stuff. that we were. Everyone was excited to see what this team was going to be doing. Dick has been getting a lot of American focus. Like a lot of Dude, American media. the media, media. loves him. I'm yeah. looking on my socials ever, and I'm seeing Grady Dick this, Grady Dick this, that. There's another one right before I got on this podcast showing off his golf swing. Yeah. Just for fun. Why like, is that? Like, is it? It's his personality. 13th overall. It's his personality. He's a really big personality. Yeah. He seems to be willing to be involved with media stuff. He's like a safe personality, I guess. Like, he doesn't seem to have much controversy surrounding him. He was in Team USA, like the system and everything yeah. for a while. So, like, he's a he's a notable name as well within there. And, like, he won a national title with Kansas. I'm he did. Sure, that right? is so, really like, cool. They, people know him. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like that has to be a part of it. But I have two main takeaways from this whole Raptor Summer League so far. One, we talked about not putting too much stock in Summer League, and I agree for the most part, but there is this idea of, like, again, it being a bit of a vibe check. And so far, you have a coaching staff that hasn't really seemed to have a game plan for this team. And I get, like, it depends on the talent you're working with. And the one thing you can see at Summer League is, like, who's in the pipeline for a team? Like, who is a team developing? Again, with the Pacers, you see Mather and you see Nemhard, you see, like, young players that they know that are going to be coming up on this roster. You look at any of the teams like the Rockets and what they have going on. But, like, this Raptors team, like, what do you really see that you can really point to and be like, yeah, we have something going on in the pipeline? And I talked about not really caring about, like, Delano Banton moving on. But, like, again, you had guys in the pipeline that supposedly you you were supposed to be working on during this time of the year, and the Raptors said they were going to work on these guys during this time of the year, and now... A guy like Donald Banton isn't in that pipeline anymore, so what's left? Ron Harper Jr. hasn't shown anything. David Johnson hasn't shown anything. Marquise Noel had one kind of all right game. Great David day. Johnson hasn't shown anything for years. Yeah. I'm so, shocked yeah. he even still keeps getting invited. So, back. like, you had Moses Brown there who was just there. Like, and he's not even a guy who's really been committed by this, like, the Raptors have really no. committed to. Jeff Dion Jr., he had, like, surgery with his ankle, so he's not playing. Uh, he's also Coloco. still not signed. Is it? I thought he did. No. No? Oh, fair enough. Uh, Christian Coloco's had a respiratory issue, so he hasn't played, and I get it. So, like, there's been other factors, but, like, you look at the pipeline of this team in Summer League and what they have going on, I think there's concerns in the sense that, like, you talked about wanting to not just win but also build and develop, but who's really there to develop other than, like, one guy on the Summer League roster, really, in Grady Dick? Like, the other guys, like, how much faith do we have that the Raptors are going to be investing in them much? I personally don't. Not much. None. So, like, I think in terms of a vibe check, especially given how this team was like, hey, we needed to move on from these players and these coaches because, like, we needed fresh vibes. We needed to have the chemistry back. We needed to be fun again. It hasn't really looked like that. The vibes haven't been great. You had a couple guys. You had, like, a couple of the core starters show up for game one of Summer League. Only Chris, only Chris Boucher showed up for game two. The only guy who was there on the, on the sideline watching. The rest of the reserve seats for the team, empty. It's weird, eh? Like, so much for vibes, right? And you have, like, other teams, like, I think it was the Cavs, who are, like, 3-0 and right now. Their entire roster is there watching. And I know it's not a big deal, but, like, it's one of those things where, like, if you're preaching, you want this team to be about, like, good chemistry and vibes. And I keep saying the word vibes, but that's literally what it is. If you're preaching and talking about that, well, then, like, what's going on? Well, they're there, too. 
Yeah, Den- Dennis Schroeder had a video with OGs literally in Vegas, but he yeah. just wasn't at the games. Yeah, yeah they're Scott all there. The first and we, we can probably get to him in a second, but, like, we know the big name that's not there and what's surrounding him and Pascal Siakam, but, like, that's another part of it. Like, this Raptors team talked about all these, like, conversations about changing and getting fresh, like, energy in there, but then they immediately get tossed into this whirlwind of rumors and leaks around Pascal Siakam, and that takes all of the, like, idea of, like, good vibes away. And now you have a team that's not performing at Summer League. You're not confident in what the young guys can do. And then you have, like, these uh, rumors surrounding Pascal Siakam. Yeah. I also, like, I know he's the head coach, and they don't often coach Summer League, but Darko's, like, a new coach. I was kind of hoping that he'd be there for Summer League and, you know, try and mess around with experimenting. I didn't think there was ever going to be a shot of him doing it, to be honest. I mean, the fact that he was a new coach, I was I was hoping he would. But I kind of I agree. Like, Nick Nurse is there in Philly. And I know it's a different yeah, situation. Yeah, like if you're a new coach. Like, so. And I, he's also a new head coach. He's not like... Yeah. Nick Nurse is coaching it? I don't know if he's coaching about it. I don't know he's there. I don't, yeah, like, well, I know Darko's, he's there. There. Darko's there. Darko's there too. Yeah, but like, I mean, like, Nurse has been like on the sideline, like talking and like... As, like, like, like basically coaching. Yeah, like pretty involved. Mm. There's also I probably think, somebody whose job that is that probably doesn't want to give it up too, right? Like, like, like someone's Patelini. probably told... probably yeah. yeah, like he's probably been known for a while that he's coaching Summer League, so... Yeah, that's fair. Raptors play again today. At the time of this recording, play one more summer league game there. We excited to watch it. <laughs> we, we gonna watch it. <laughs> I, I'm excited to learn more about Grady Dick. I'll I'll say my thoughts in a second. But I've been talking. All, what do you guys think about Dick so far? I well, first of all, I just want to say I agree with Zolfi that there's no one really to invest your time into on this mm-hmm. summer league roster. I really wish Coloco was playing. Um, but as far as Dick, I think that he's looked good like I think he's made the right decisions obviously his shot hasn't been falling but I like that he makes the right decision more times than he doesn't and that's I guess where I'm going to leave that for now because he hasn't been playing the best but I still like the flashes of IQ we've seen from him yeah um like yeah the shot hasn't been falling but I agree like I'm not like worried or anything like that just because of some like couple summer, summer league games um I think he's definitely more than a shooter I'd say um he's got like low-key good passing chops that i think have gone under the radar um so no it's like and again i also agree he's like the only thing that like we're invested in right now like with this team um unless you want to really hype up five seven marquis noel but he won't he just won't get minutes next year. I, if know, I don't makes, know. If Marquise like plays for the G League team, I'll be happy. Like if he's just yeah. consistently getting minutes there, and then we'll get called up. Like, well, he's a two way. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like if he can at least be a a, a staple on the nine hundred five, I think that'll be a good good start for him. I agree. I agree. But yeah, I'm not worried about Grady at all. Like summer league games, like I said, don't put too much stock into it. But you know, yeah. didn't perform this much. Like, the way he you wanted him to, obviously. Yeah, I'm not worried about Grady Day. Kind of like all the same things you guys said. Like my main thing is seeing him play. He plays with conviction. Like if he's taking a shot, he is taking a shot. Like he doesn't look like he's like afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I agree. There's also the flip side. This shot selection has been a little questionable at times. But like Jake said, the team has had nothing and kind of is like we need somebody to try to score. So I think that part's fine. But my main thing is is like. I think the fan base needs to be very careful with what they expect out of Grady Dick this season, especially given that he was quote-unquote drafted to help fill a major need for this roster. If you think he is going to solve that problem right away, I feel like there's another thing coming. Like, people have to be mindful of that. I think it's going to be, like, honestly, if if he averages, like, 9 to 12 points a game, I'd be ecstatic. 
I think that would be more than enough. Like two, I three wasn't even expecting that high. Yeah, like that would be that would be like unreal for me if he could do that. Just because he's a rookie, he's gonna be put on a team that's not gonna be built well around him, and he's gonna be asked to do probably more than most rookies would. So I think people need to really temper their expectations when it comes to him solving the shooting problem, especially with how we've seen him so far. He's clearly a player that still needs to grow. Yeah, that's like that's tough because I feel like the front office they're kind of setting him up because they explicitly said immediate impact when they drafted him that was their mindset and then even him and his own pressers said also said immediate impact so i feel like they're preparing to put him into this role where people are going to expect him to have some crazy impact when he's just a rookie like that's it feels like unrealistic to me yeah raptors fans are just so spoiled sometimes but like i worry that the front office is like putting him in a position to like screw him over but even if they say immediate impact they might just mean that he's going to be the guy that sits in the corner and puts up eight a game on 40 percent three and like i feel like raptors fans would still be disappointed in that i agree in the sense that like with all the decisions this front office has made and i've been a believer in Masai, and i still am but like me too these decisions do raise eyebrows a little bit especially with the way they like Uh, you said they talked about uh, uh, grady dick like Mm -hmm. uh, bobby webster saying like you said immediate impact he's going to be able to help solve some of these problems like that's a lot to put on a rookie especially when you put in bring a new head coach who's going to have a lot of pressure on him as well because Mm -hmm. people are like he's going to solve some of these development issues he's going to help the young guys grow we still have scotty barnes on this roster who apparently is going to be the point guard for this team and who knows how that's going to go so like there are so many things up in the air for this team where i feel like the front office and fans are kind of banking on things to happen, which probably have like maybe a 30% chance of happening. So like, yeah, really should you have these high expectations? Probably not. But the, the truth is fans are going to have these expectations, especially like this team at MLSE, like have made it clear that they're, this is a team that they are, there's going to be money around it. Like season tickets have gone up. They want fans to pay a lot of money to watch this team. And if the quality of basketball isn't, matching the price tag then they're gonna have a lot of angry people and that is going to negatively impact the players and it's just going to be a spiral from there so like i feel like all this is teetering right now and it's not looking good mentioned 30 percent 70 30 is a number michael grange put out in a new report about pascal siakam and the toronto raptors like that segue it's a great segue. that's, 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 that's great. a really good segue 70 30 70 percent trade 30 percent extension is the newest news from Michael Grange. Per league sources, the Raptors are still listening, trying to gauge the market value for their leading scorer and leading returning, in theory, playmaker. Atlanta remains a possibility. Indiana has also reached out, while Orlando is also a team that bears watching. The Raptors do not intend to drag this process out weeks or months, but they do not seem ready to close the door on a Siakam trade just yet. However, they still remain committed to avoiding a total rebuild. Like that last line, what? If you're trading Siakam, but you're not committed to a rebuild, like what? What are you doing? Where would he fit on Orlando? That just threw me off. So there's just been so much smoke. I think Orlando would just be giving him all the money. With Franz, Paolo, and Pascal. I feel like he such a similar role. He wouldn't fit. They would just throw a bag at him. Yeah. And then he'd probably resign. I guess he'd play. That'd be weird anyways. So much smoke um, with this all this Siakam stuff we talked about it kind of on the last podcast when it was DeJounte Murray was the main thing he signed an extension four years 120 so doesn't technically rule him out but that kind of slams the door shut on him mm-hmm. but there's it's weird because we thought that once that signed we're like okay it, it's gonna it is, it is what it is now the team will just run it back at this but the team 
feels like everything we're hearing feels like they're not ready to stop it, and they're more willing to listen for Siakam. Sounds like they want to trade him. Which is so <laughs> strange. I don't understand the mindset behind any of this because, like you're saying, they're expecting people to show up at these games. They're expecting them to be competing. If you're trading Siakam, you're not competing. No, you're running like 30 games. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, so, they're not going to be bad enough to get a top pick, but not good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, they need to be like one of the two worst teams in the league next year to keep their pick. Call that like, NBA purgatory. Yeah, literally, like they can't they can't just be like kind of bad. If they want to keep their draft, like so that's the thing. Like, hey, we want to trade Pascal Siakam and rebuild uh, around this young core. Like, no, if you trade Siakam, the only way it makes sense is you tank and tank awfully. Like, you have to be like historically bad so you can keep your draft pick. Because if you trade Siakam and quote unquote tank but don't keep your draft pick well then what the hell was the point yeah you finished like 11th in the east yeah like you're you're stuck in a really really bad spot and i think like again right now off of this report i'm at the point where i'm like i'm ready to start really pointing fingers at this front office because you had last trade deadline where you could have tried to solve a lot of these things by making a decision of rebuild or sign these players to extensions apparently they had they were in talks with fred and Pascal willing to offer them extensions that they were looking for. And then Fred was smart. He said no because he saw what the market was going to be like, and he got paid. Fair enough. You can't do anything about that. They were having talks with Pascal about it, but they weren't trying to offer him the max. They were offering him a three-year deal, I believe. And then now talks have changed because Pascal wants to wait it out to see if he can get a super max later because he's currently not eligible for it. So, like, you kind of screwed yourself in that situation as well. So, like, you were willing to give these guys these max contracts at one point, and then all of a sudden you weren't willing to give them max contracts anymore. And then now you're like, well, we just lost one of them for nothing, so we're going to give the other one away and probably upset the one player right now that we have who's the most talented and also wants to be here. Well, yeah, that's the one thing that I think this is, is that Fred walked, and now they're afraid to have that happen again because they don't want to bank all of this on, well, we'll see what happens, and then Pascal could, like, literally just say, see you, bye. And then that would be two two all-star level players, one all-NBA level players that are gone. This whole thing is frustrating me. I'm extremely frustrated by how all of this is being handled. And when there's smoke, there's fire. I, I was kind of like, yeah, I, I don't really believe them at first. Grange has been very uh, accurate as of lately, I think. Especially this year, he's been very critical of this Raptors team and a lot more of recent this doesn't feel like Pascal's camp is trying to say something one way or the other. It doesn't feel like the Raptors front office is telling him things. It just feels like literally what's happening is that this team is trying to trade Siakam, but no one is willing to give a package up for Siakam because they're just trying to give peanuts. Is <laughs> also the other stuff I'm seeing. Like we were talking about, Nemworth is not available in the trade apparently for the Pacers. And well, then if you're not doing that, okay, who's coming back, right? And it's the front office is put in a position where they value this guy. But they're also worried that, yeah, Pascal wants to stay and sign it, but they're like, okay, well, maybe we won't give you like the full-year Supermax extension that we can't give them because they're going to wait and see. It's weird. The whole thing is weird. This front office has given me a headache for the pa- for all the offseason. And I'm kind of at the point where I want there to be a solution. I want something to happen. And we see the dropping dimes tweets, the, oh, it's going down to Atlanta. Nothing's happened since then. That was the official dropping dimes that did it because he does the tweet and then delete I don't know. I'm really frustrated by everything that's happening right now. In terms of what I want to happen, I see no reason as to why they can't just run it back at this point. Yeah, I agree. It's gotten this far already. Gary Trent has opted in, which kind of forced their hand with Fred as it was. And that's another thing. 
Gary hasn't signed an extension. Like, why is no one mentioning that? That that there was a tweet by Chris Haynes saying there was an ex- a lucid, like lucrative contract that was in the works, right after he opted in. It has been three weeks since then. It's been almost a month. Why is there nothing about this? And sure, maybe a lot of that is to they're gauging the market for Siakam, seeing what's going to happen there before they get their signing. But between Alt Fred walking with nothing, between. Gary opting in, the, well, wait and see with the contract, even though they said they would give him, give him a contract. All the Siakam smoke, and I know you're going to shake your head, even Delano walking, all this stuff feels strange to me. For a front office that I have had so much trust in for the past decade, for all this to go down the way it's happening is really peculiar and, quite frankly, is frustrating me. Nice. Yeah, I can't really say much better than that. I wish I agree, man. I wish they would just at this point just sign Pascal to a f- extension and just run it back and then trade him later if you need to. I don't, I don't understand. There seems to be like such an urgency with no urgency. It's it's really weird. You think their relationship can survive after this? Because it seems like like I'm not saying the bridges are being burned because we don't know behind the doors, but we know how close Pascal and Masai are. But like he's not there in Vegas and. Clearly, there's like you said, where there's smoke, there's fire. So there's a conversation happening about trading Pascal. Why I don't completely understand because how much of a rebuild can you do with trading him? I guess it depends on the haul you get back. But we've talked about this. Like they're they're gonna be a middling team. I I, I understand the argument where like if they tried to keep Pascal and Fred, like you have potentially like five guys you could maybe be paying max near max. Pascal, uh, Fred, OG probably is gonna be willing getting like near max dollars scotty barnes at some point is going to be getting near max dollars gary chen jr could be getting a big contract based on this lucrative extension so i get it there's a lot of players you have to pay Pirtle as well his contract wasn't cheap yeah exactly True. so like i get that from the raptors perspective like there's a lot of players you have to pay for a team that quote unquote didn't look that good but like i don't understand how giving a pascal siakam is really going to solve much of that based on fred already being gone so like it's, it's a, like you said it's peculiar i don't really understand the game plan and at this point i don't care what you decide just decide make a decision and do it properly so like if it's like trading pascal i need you to come back with an absolute haul or like either become the worst team in the league but good luck doing that after you're making fans pay the prices that you are or you need to somehow build a team that's competitive but i don't see that happening either so like really where are we right now yeah i i'm in the same boat like this front office has like you know, over the past decade, done such a, like, such a good job. But then these past, like, year or two, like, asset management has been really poor. And we're just, they just keep losing, losing asset one after the other. And it's like, you can't just keep doing that. Like, that's, 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 that's your job as at the, as the front office to not do that. So, like, I, I had someone tell me, like, oh, like, losing Fred isn't that big a deal because, like, Oh, like he's undrafted. We didn't have to give anything up for him. It's like that doesn't matter. That That's be- such a narrow mindset. Who says that? <laughs> you don't you know, know ball. You know when we do that. Um, it it oh, just boy. <laughs> <laughs> it just made no sense. I'm like that doesn't matter. It still was one of our biggest assets, and like getting losing him for nothing still hurts the team. And, it matters, and bar- of course it does. So it's like I think really soon if this like continues. I'm going to be asking a lot of questions about the front office because 
again, like in Masai, we trust. You know, I know that vibe, but like it's been really questionable lately. Oh, I've so. said that for so long, but I don't feel like saying it anymore. I, like, I yeah, dude, like I and I think they can. Do I think Masai has it in him to figure this out? Yes, but do I think it's gonna take some kind of miracle effort to do it? Also, yes. Like, yeah, this is not, the hardest yeah. challenge he's had. Oh, by far, and it's a challenge he create. It's a problem he and this front office have created themselves. Like winning the championship was hard and took twenty five years to do it. This was something that showed flashes of happening two years ago, but they pushed it off, didn't address it, kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. Okay, we lost, we lost guys, we lost guys, we lost, and now all of a sudden we're staring in a hole of this franchise player who wants to be here, who wants to be here is now apparently going to be off this team and like it might want him off and it team. might not even be a haul. Yeah. We're at the point where this is like it might not be a haul. So I don't know what's what's not happening what's happening here. Like what's not translating? What are we not seeing that all of a sudden this guy that is so loved and we've seen the love and the admiration for this guy 70-30 70-30 of being traded or getting an extension. Like it's at the point now where we can't even see this guy coming in with no extension this year and playing. Like that's not going to happen. And to think yeah. a week ago we all sat here being like, "Oh yeah, yeah Siakam's going to be on this team next year," <laughs> in the starting lineup. Yeah, things change fast, and then I I love Masai. They really do. I love Masai so much. I will always love him. But something like we need something, some type of transparency, and we've been saying this all off season long that. It's one after the other, after the other, after the other, and there's no direction that we're still going. Train Siakam does not make you a retooling team. It makes you a tanking team. But then you have pieces that you can't tank with. Yeah, you, have, you, <laughs> you still have, have good you players. You just got Jakob Pertl back, yeah. who is expecting to be competing. He's, he reiterated that again at his press conference. He was expected to be competing, and he thought Fred was going to be back. Like he said he was talking to Fred, and Fred was like leaning towards it, coming back. And then now, the, 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 the second Fred left, we thought that was going to be the like an easy domino. Apparently, it was just the boof, like just all the dominoes all at once. You, like you have the nicely set up line. It's like, okay, just be one, not one falls off. No, some kid came in and just trashed all of it down. It's like, all right, here we go. I don't know. It's so weird. All the hypothetical returns we also get for Siakam always just like, just make me shake my head they're always horrible because i can always just remember rudy gobert getting traded for that haul last summer and like i always tell myself like if we don't get at least that for siakam's i don't know something's Speaking wrong of but, packages uh, yeah. i put one together can i really quickly oh, no. yeah, yeah, just mention something first better be better than rudy we gobert. have conflicting reports here so remember grange i don't know if you guys saw the report he said that supposedly number three was on the board for Siakam. Yep. And Siakam himself basically tore it down saying he didn't want to go there. But now, Zach Lowe reported that the Raptors were not ready on draft day to pivot away from OG or Pascal even for the number three overall pick. So it's like there's so much smoke in this scenario. It's just becoming annoying. Yeah, like, I'm not even totally surprised because, like, we've heard they don't want to rebuild. They want to run it back. They want to run it back. But that's my thing. What changed between run it, wanting to run it back during draft time to now where they're willing to, quote-unquote, tank by giving up Siakam? Like like you said, Jake, there's something we're missing. And, like, Masai doesn't have to come out and tell us exactly no, what happened. No, of course not. But, like, is it the extension talks haven't gone well? Is it, like, Pascal actually does want to go now? Like, I don't understand. There's like, no way it's Pascal wants to leave because all we're, we, we've heard three like three times now this has been reiterated that Pascal wants to stay and re-sign with the team. 
Yeah, so I've like, seen three separate reports. We've seen Grange do it. I've seen Rose do it, and we saw Windhorse do it, and Haynes do it, not not uh, Rose. And we've seen three separate reporters come out and say that Pascal Siakam wants to stay on this team. So what what changed? Literally, what changed? We don't know. That's yeah, crazy. I think Anyways. you guys nailed it honestly by saying that it's a market that wants to make as much money as possible. So they're not really willing to take steps that will make the team bad, but sometimes you just need to. <laughs> like sometimes you just need to rebuild and they they're stuck in some NBA purgatory. But I don't even think they need to rebuild right now. Not rebuild, but they want to at least make the play in no matter what. And, and I, trading Siakam doesn't get you it that. It doesn't do that. That's, That's what I mean. That's like So then what yeah, then Spencer's, what are we doing? To all That's of why our I point, think they're stalling. Like, what the hell is going on then? Like I don't think they know. Yeah, That's my the point. point. <laughs> I don't think yeah, they they don't know. They're not the vibes that you want to be having with this team after hiring a new head coach. Exactly. I go back three episodes when we talked about Darko, and I was like on the the biggest <laughs> wavelength you've ever seen before, and Dude, even Zolfi was man. like, "Calm down." And I was just, <laughs> I was excited, and I was like, you know what? A new look coach keeps Siakam. See what happens. Go and let's see what happens. Yeah. And as much as I beg on Raptors fans for not being realistic at times, like. It was it was right and okay to feel excited because that is what you were being told by this front office. That's the vibe they were trying to give up. Everything they said was like new faces, new voices. Things are going to be fresh. They're going to be different. That's what they were selling us on. And like that made sense why Raptors fans were excited. But then when you have all this stuff come after that, like it's going to tear all of that down and then you're going to go right back to the whole negative energy that's been surrounding this team for what's felt like almost a full two seasons now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're writing checks that can't cash. That's a good way That's to put where it. We're at. Okay, uh, yeah, give us that trade. So, again, one of the teams that the Raptors have been linked to is the Atlanta Hawks. I wait. I gotta preface this. Did you go on the trade machine and do this yourself, like Daniel did? Is yeah. this some? Yeah, oh yeah, no! Yeah. Is this gonna become a weekly thing where we're <laughs> just gonna be bringing up concoctions? Well, the reason why I picked this team was because there's a player on this team that I absolutely want back. Because there's somebody the Raptors could have drafted. He's looked great in the summer league so far. And I think if this team is willing to trade Pascal Siakam, this is a guy they would want to pair around this roster with. It's Atlanta? It's Atlanta. So I'll I'll get the board names out of the way. You have Tyrese Martin. He is a, like, nobody player. He's put up 20 points in the summer league. Good for him. He makes, like, a 7. I was going to say who? (laughs) 1.7 mil a year. doesn't really matter. Clint Capella's in there just for salary. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to want to go towards a Kongu anyways, who's younger. He makes a lot less money. Clint Capella's literally only there for money purposes. Uh, Pascal Siakam makes almost like $38 million, so you need somebody in there coming back from the other side to help fill the salary of that because otherwise it just won't work. I tried doing it other ways. There's literally not enough people on Atlanta that make enough money other than DeJounte, who I don't think they would trade because they just resigned him. Uh, so you have Clint Capella, Tyrese Martin, A.J. Griffin, He's one of the young guys I put back back into it. And he's an interesting one. He makes around $4 million a year. He's obviously a young, like, capable shooter. You could replace him in this trade with Sadiq Bey, who has a team option. It was in, like, the last year of his deal. I'm curious if you guys think it's worth going with a guy like A.J. Griffin, who has three years left, maybe less, I guess, like, current impact, like, potential versus Sadiq Bey, who's a bit more of, like, a veteran in this league. But he's on a shorter term, so you can get rid of him if it doesn't work out. And obviously, the guy who this trade is centered around is Kobe Bufkin. So you have Clint Capella, Kobe Bufkin, AJ Griffin, Tyrese Martin, and there's picks involved. Mm, let's go. You have two first-round picks, 2024 via Sacramento and 2029, which is their own first-round pick, and then a second-round pick from the Clippers in 2027. 
So, and this is all just for Pascal Siakam because Don't that's, hate it. that's the way I it like works. It. Like, it's crazy, but I think that's the kind of haul they need to make this thing work. Cause is if you don't I agree. Because Rudy Gobert, that trade blew yeah. my mind. Well, I think the Rudy Gobert thing is why it might be crazy now. Because so many, yeah, so many teams are like, I'm not making a trade like that. Are yeah. you kidding me? Like, like, that didn't work out at all. So I feel like it's scaring a lot of teams. But I'd also choose AJ Griffin, by the way. Same. I would not Bay go has terrible advanced analytics that we won't get into too much. Yeah. Is it not cruel to get AJ Griffin right after Griffin? <laughs> well, that, that's Griffin why. Because he has links to the organization already. I'm sure he spent time here. Yeah, yeah right? in the city. So, sure, I'm sure he knows about it. Yeah, so like I, that's why I'd also go from not not even just talking about his potential. He's a great player. You, really exciting player. So did you look into a third team to get no, Clint Capella off? I want. Like, I'm assuming that could happen. I just kind of wanted to keep it simple between the two squads. And also, this is like you can't really do this until August because they signed Kobe Bufkin. That's so my they'd other have thing. To, yeah, they'd have to days. wait. They'd have to. But wait the Raptors don't want to wait. The Raptors don't want to drag this on. Yeah, but they don't know what they're doing. We, we've, we've been over this. We don't know what the Raptors okay. are doing. So who really knows with this team? And I could, it could be very Raptors-esque when once Summer League and everything's done and it's in the dead of, like, the offseason that they decide, like, yeah, we're just trading our franchise star. He probably <laughs> will get traded on, like, a random day in, like, August and it's just yeah, be an emergency pod or something. Yeah. Clint Capella, Kobe Bufkin, A.J. Griffin, Tyree Smarton, and three picks for Pascal Siak. I like it. I like it more than Hunter like coming it. back. That's the main name I see that a lot of people are trying to get back onto yeah. the Raptors. I, Hunter makes no sense with I this team. I still know team. why the Raptors He's, he's a good role player, yeah. but he's 25. Like, he he's a worse OG and an OB. Really off or anything. Yeah. Like, they, they don't really need more wings. They need more guard no, yeah, creation not. and shooting, yeah. which you get in Kobe and A.J. Griffin who is kind of a wing, but he's, again, he's a better shooting wing. And then Capella and Tyrese Martin are really impact players for this trade. We'll yeah. round out the Pascal drama because I kind of want to move on from it, to be honest, um, with just a yes or no. Because I asked this last qu- last podcast, I guess we'll just keep doing this every week until it <laughs> happens. Is Pascal Siakam getting traded, yes or no? Yes. What's the time frame? Like Just traded. Just ever? Yeah. This <laughs> before in his career before Probably. October seventeenth before um yes I I, I want to say no but I don't know yeah, these I'm reports lately have been throwing me off I want to say no but I think yes I'm gonna guess no and I'm gonna guess that he signs not the supermax that he signs the max contract yeah he's currently not eligible for supermax yeah it's yeah he didn't he, make all NBA last yeah. year so I think he's gonna sign a max let's say four years fourth year player option because lo- Raptors love doing oh, that. They love it. They love the player option. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I don't think he is. And it's you can he- hear how like defeated I am. <laughs> but where do you think he'll go though if he gets traded? Atlanta. 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 Like I think any of those three teams are an option. Orlando is weird because apparently his like summer home is I was just going to mention that that's where he lives so, in the summer yeah so like maybe he's receptive to going there Who yeah knows? at least it's a weird fit but that's where he lives are so we getting Wendell cool. Carter back and they're running pa- Pascal at center or what like I, I I don't know like I would just assume like they just want a big like playmaker who can compete maybe teach some of the young guys I'm assuming one of those young bigs is going to come back probably like Franz and Paolo are both really really good so I don't know which one would have to come back I, I don't think they would do I don't think either. they want to give either of them up I think I don't think they'd to want give, to but like yeah. if he goes there like who are they giving up what, probably Cole some Anthony? of their point guards like Markel Fultz Cole Anthony Cole Anthony's Anthony. name I threw Anthony, around earlier Wendell yeah. Carter Jr. but Cole Anthony is the centerpiece for Pascal trade yeah like that. that's I a stinky trade I don't <laughs> like that man not at all <laughs> yeah that's I like the guy I think he actually has more potential than he's given credit for but yeah, for a Pascal level trade, like that's. Nah, I need more. Well, I'll take yeah, Anthony that's... Black. 
Yeah, he's still good. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. I just don't know. Like, like, why not? He fits a vision. Yeah, <laughs> I I just, vision's dead. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't no, the 6'8 vision now, not six nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Follow yeah. me on Twitter at Raptors. Right, speaking vision, of point please. guards. <laughs> no, we got one other thing to go. Oh, never mind. There. Damn, I thought I had a good segue. I was just gonna say, <laughs> Masai. It was Damn. a good segue. Sorry, we, we. I. We'll do this one before we get into the fun stuff because uh, I just want to get the the play in. Oh, I forgot about that. The in season. Uh, in season. Masai, we love you. We love everything you've done with this franchise. Please, just please, please pick a direction. Just soon. I, I would Figure like. It out. I would like yeah. to know my cholesterol. I would like Can't to handle it. Cholesterol? Your cholesterol? Yeah. What are you not, eating? Not like when your, you get not your blood pressure? Your cholesterol? Yeah, your cholesterol. No, no, it's I, connected. I'm pretty sure cholesterol, people have heard people say that. Don't worry, Spence. Like, you're, you're not you guys, Have they? Like, I don't think I, they. That is a I've first heard it before. Me. Is that an Ajax Oshawa type of thing? Because I've, I've no, never. No, because like, cholesterol is like, all connected with your blood sugar. Yeah. Ah, fair enough. Okay. I just always think blood pressure. Like, yeah, so do I. stressed out and stuff. Yeah, there's that too, but like cholesterol is more common, so. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. It's not. I don't think it's more common. But I, I have. I have you know heard what? it used. Just forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you broke him there a little hey, bit. See that me, face he gave me? Kind of gave you a little broke. bit like a side eye stare. Yeah, yeah it's like, okay. how now dare I'm questioning you call myself. Me like that. Okay, let's get into this. Yeah, the so lost in all of this was the NBA in season tournament has actually been explained. Uh, there was a little bit of a, I think it was like a thirty minute program that they did on TNT explaining the in season tournament that will officially be taking place. Throughout the season, starting November 3rd, all 30 teams for the NBA Cup is what it's called. Eight that. teams advancing to Las Vegas. That'll be held on December 7th and 9th. Let's not talk about it. Let's let a professional do it. Got a little video here that explains everything. So we'll listen to this first, and then uh, we'll discuss all of our thoughts on the in-season tournament. All right, everybody. The NBA first ever in-season tournament is now official. But how does it work? Like this. First up is group play. All 30 teams will be split into six groups, three from the east, three from the west, with a random draw based on last year's regular season records. Each team in a group plays each other one time, a total of four games, two at home, two on the road. One, two, three, yeah. Now, those games happen Tuesdays and Fridays in November, so set your calendar. Basically, these regular season NBA games also count as tournament games. Now. In each group, the team with the best group play record after those four games, they're moving on. The team with the next best record in each conference, those two are the wild cards. Always watch out for the wild cards. Now, we get to the knockout round. Eight teams, single elimination, and you know what that means. Win and move on. Or lose, and you're out. And the last four teams standing, guess what? You're headed to Vegas, baby. That's right. In Las Vegas, the semifinal battles will get us to the championship game on December 9th. Two teams in a winner-take-all final to be named champion and be awarded the first ever NBA Cup. Come on now. Look, there's a lot to look forward to this season. Players on new teams, rookies new to the league, and teams just looking to make some noise. And the NBA in-season tournament is going to be a can't-miss, must-see, high-stakes, high-level competition. And if you're a hoops head just like me, I promise you, you're going to love it. All right. That is the in-season tournament. Interesting. He did his best to hype that one up. That's good. I've been adamant off-pod about this in-season tournament that I think that the NBA is just trying things to try to get people to watch more and more and make the regular season mean something, especially to these players. 
do I does I think that changed at all with this? Um, no, I don't. I think the decision to make this uh, regular season game still and not just like some side quest, you know, um, is smarter because they'll be like, yeah, I guess pe- players can like the actual NBA players can play. But to me, this feels pointless still. And look, I'm all for trying new things and I'm all for fun little stuff. It is a mid-season tournament that at the end of the day, players aren't going to care about this. It's not going to change anything. And sure, maybe some fan interest will rise a little bit more because they'll be like, oh, what's this? And everyone will try to pick it out. I think doing it on the two days is actually a really smart idea. I do like that. I think that's a clever way of like putting it in the viewer's mind and said that these are different games as well. Not mentioned in the video, new jerseys, new courts. Those are all going to be things with these games to make them more special. And we have the groups. So I'm going to run through these groups quickly, and then we'll get to general thoughts on everything. Group A for the Eastern Conference, Philly, Cleveland, Atlanta, Indy, and Detroit. Group B, Milwaukee, New York, Miami, Washington, and Charlotte. Group C, Boston, Brooklyn, Toronto, Chicago, and Orlando. As for the Western Conference, Group A, Memphis, Phoenix, Lakers, Utah, and Portland. That's a death group. Group B, Denver, Los Angeles Clippers, New Orleans Pelicans, Dallas and Houston, Group C, Sacramento, Golden State, Minnesota, OKC, and San Antonio. So yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't think this changed my opinion on anything because it just kind of explained it a little bit more. And until I actually see players caring and doing something about it, I won't care. Um, Yeah, you're wrong. That's all I'm going to say. No, um, I think it's a really cool... <laughs> Cue the outro music. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Dream Team Podcast. No, I think it's a really cool thing to do. Um, I get it. People are scared of new things. Jake, you're terrified of change. I get it. I'm not scared. I think it's irrelevant and weird. No, um, no, I think it's a great thing to do because, like you said, no one cares about November basketball. So if you can create a fun little tournament that people can tune into – You'd be surprised what turn what people will turn in, tune in for, right? No, I know people would tune in to watch a freaking paint dry on a ceiling if they could. They don't care. People will watch anything. They, they, so th- then, why would they not watch this? Why are you because the it, players then? won't care? Of course, dude, the, the incentives the winning, are nothing. The winning team wins five hundred k each for oh, each player. Oh, wow, that's oh, nothing. No, no that's nothing. Me? Are you kidding? Why me? would they care? Why dude, would any of the upper echelon players of care? Money. I'd like to go on record and say I would love five hundred k. Yeah. Why would you any of the ones money? who are signed to big contracts care? That's no fine. one cares. Actually, you'd be surprised which ones would. But that's fine. <laughs> if you have the bench players who don't regularly get to showcase their talents, getting really so competitive. So then, why would with the audience other? care? Because it's good basketball. And also, you again, you'd watching be the surprised. Raptors bench would be good basketball. Well, we're not going to make it, so that doesn't matter because our team sucks. So that doesn't matter. But the point is, it's a fun tournament, and it also it's bringing in that European format that, like, in my personal opinion, I love European soccer. I watch, like, every game. Every North American league should strive to get to that European format as much as they can. And it's never going to happen. We're never going to have relegation or anything like that. You know, th- we have the salary cap and all that stuff. But any league where teams intentionally lose, that's embarrassing, in my opinion. And European football, they do it right. Okay, you get relegated. If you're a garbage team, you get relegated. If you go down to the league 
and you do well, you get promoted. Um, and clearly the NBA respects that, and that's why they're bringing an in-season tournament because they do that in Europe. And I think it's going to bring in more international fans. I think it's going to bring in more casual fans. I don't think you should sleep on it, but I can understand the skepticism. Just you're entitled to your own wrong opinion. That's all I'm saying. You don't bring international fans in when it's still the same teams you're seeing face off every single time you're watching a basketball game. It's still a cup. It's still a cup. I I I I do see Dan's point in that like it's more familiar for Europeans to see something like this because they're used to it with like European soccer, even like European basketball and stuff like like the FIBA World Cup. You have uh, quite honestly a lot more European fans paying attention and caring than like North American fans, mm-hmm. right? Like. The idea of like a group stage formatted tournament is more familiar, and I'm assuming that's part of why the NBA is doing this is because like you'll have like fans from Europe because it's it's a global game now. Some of the best players in the league aren't American, like that's just the truth, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like they're hoping that this can be something where it's like, hey, like we we know what this system looks like. It's easy for us to understand and get into and get behind, so they can get those like uh, European markets more involved into it. But like. I, call me a fence sitter, but I see both sides in this in the sense that, like, you're right, Jake. The biggest challenge is going to be buying from the top stars yeah. because it helps that these are still just regular season games for the most part other than the knockout round and, like, the finals that, like, they're not really adding any games. So I think, like, those regular season like games are going to have to be played either way. And for the most part, star players will play in those games other than, like, their reasons that they already have. But I also think that, like, it's good to have something to incentivize middling teams. Like, it's just, it's important to make these games matter, even if it's 2% more. Because right now the NBA has a problem with some of these games in the middle of the season not mattering and people not caring. So if there's anything they can add to it, and honestly, like, you'll have a lot of the star players who are going to keep doing what they're doing, but you're also going to have some players who are like, these are athletes at the end of the day who compete at the highest level. So they have that edge in them. So especially if you add, like, that buzz into it about, like, hey, like, there's going to be more endorsement deals out of this, there's going to be more commercials, this and that, social media engagement. You'll have some players taking it a bit more seriously, especially if you have buzz and, like, there's never been a game, like, not never been a game, but, like, a, a thing like this in Vegas for the NBA. You're going to have a sold-out crowd most likely for that final game, and it's going to be hyped. So, like, yeah, sure, there'll be memes about it, but, like, oh, the team won the in-season cup. It's like the Mickey Mouse well, thing fizzle all over out, again. Though, I think. Yeah, like, I agree. So I think... It's it has all the makings to be super fun, especially the whole group stage concept. I like the idea of looking at groups, like you said, Jake. Like when you're reading, you're like, "Oh, that looks like a death group." I always find that so much fun. It's so but cool. It's gonna rely a lot, a lot on player buy-in. Yeah, I don't love it on paper, but I really have to give it a, a try. Like I have to watch it first and see. Like if I see Steph Curry in the finals giving it his all, then maybe I, I will like it because I am on the side of Daniel that I do like the format but then i'm also on the side of jake where it's like they didn't really change anything though like there's no extra team there's no euro teams in it there's no like there's nothing different like realistically it's still just a regular season and you're giving one team a cup well and that's my thing like why not build a partnership and make this an actual tournament and i know you're like well the nba is the best talent in the world but to me it's more intriguing if you have those other teams that could be in it because then you get like the intrigue of like, wow, these are first time matchups that we've never seen this team versus this team. And we saw, we, we see it in preseason games. It's not a, it's not a foreign concept. It happened. The Suns lost last year to a random team. Adelaide 67s or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 67ers or 66ers. Yeah. Like opposite of 76ers. I don't know. Why? They're from Adelaide. Why not? 
Uh, Why yeah, not? I agree. I think that'd be really cool. Why, why, I, th- th- just the idea. Sorry, Zolfi. No, no, no. Go for it. Just the idea of seeing the same teams, the same matchups that we're already seeing just doesn't incentivize me more to tune in when I know that it is a regular season game, quote unquote. And the wild card idea, like, that's just like a plan. It's just more, it's just more chance. Like, you'll have eight games instead of uh, six games, right? So it's more money, right? Yeah. It's more, it's an, an extra game. But like, I agree. I would love to see European teams or like just international teams take part in this. But like to play devil's advocate a little bit, the NBA has a lot more to lose in that situation than to win because either you bring those teams in, they get destroyed by the NBA players and the NBA teams. It's a boring game to watch. No one's really going to care. Or if one of those teams beats an NBA team, well, that looks really terrible for the league as well, right? Like I'm yeah. sure there'll be buzz and it'll, it's good for the game of basketball. It's not good for the NBA if one of their teams gets beat by these European teams. Like I'm sure the NBA wasn't happy when Phoenix lost that game, right? I was happy as a fan. I thought yeah, it was I hilarious. Mean, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I think every cool. fan who doesn't have anything invested in Phoenix was like, dying of laughter. Yeah, but and one of the only ways you could make that work is like, hey, you just make like the teams with X record play in this tournament against European teams and stuff. But like, what like when a team is part of a tournament knowing they're only in that tournament because they're one of the worst teams in the league do you think they're really going to want to be a part of that tournament you know what i mean so like Mm -hmm. i agree that that should be like an eventual evolution of this but then i can see it where the nba like sees the risk that's way too high right now for them to take something like that on those are solid points i can't really argue those argue those at all well there's one sense there's one fundamental error right and that's you have your qualification games whatever they're just regular season games right so you could have all your stars playing in those games and then they qualify for Vegas and then all suddenly Steph Curry, as an example, isn't playing in your finals that he's playing in your qualifying games. That yep. could be that could be yep. really bad. That to me is like the most fundamental error of the whole thing. It's one of the first things I thought about. Was what, that what are you the stars will play the regular season games, then why do they want to go to Vegas to play off these They're other games? They're not gonna be playing in the semis or finals because it'll just, just by doesn't choice or just like they get injured or you're saying like, like it's an extra game by doesn't. choice. Like they want to play these regular season games because they want to make the playoffs, they want to win the championship. But then as soon as you take out like this game's just for a cup. Is is Steph Curry going to show up for 500k and and the cup, or is he just going to play the qualification? And that's games? what I mean. Like it's, di- a good, it's a good point because like game checks and stuff like changed because like you have game checks for the regular season. Are they getting game checks for these tournament games? And like we you know, probably the, should realistically. Yeah, but, but so like, how does that affect their game checks? Are the game checks being split into more now so that you get less money per check? Like obviously that may not matter to some of these guys, but to some people it might. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole idea of like the stats. We know the the stats from the finals isn't going to be part of the regular season, and it's going to be kind of like the plane where like it's right. not playoffs, it's not regular season. So where the hell do these stats go? Like you're creating a new category, new logistics, new everything. So I get it. Where like it's 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 a weird limbo in some of these areas. But who Definitely. knows? Maybe it grows on people. Side note: the fact that playing is not categorized as postseason for records is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's yeah. so it's strange. Really what was the point of it? Yeah, it's so know. confusing. Just call it the postseason, yeah. and just add that to that. And that's what I was trying to say with the five hundred thousand. Sorry, I didn't want to come off as like this big, like pretentious. You were like, so mean to me. It sorry, really hurt my feelings. Really hurt my feelings. I'll take no, Jake's five hundred thousand. <laughs> I'm just like thinking of like. LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis. All these guys are going to come in like five hundred kk. Why? Well, I think Giannis would be the like. If I had to bet on a star being like, yeah, I'll play in the cup, I feel like it'd be honest. Some of them might be like, hey, I'll help my like end of bench guy win five hundred grand by playing in this. Yeah, that's the thing too. They're friends with each other. They want to help each other out. I just have visions of so many all star games just happening during that tournament. That's all I'm just gonna be watching is just all star caliber game. Yeah, that's a good point. I and I not. don't want that because the all star game is the worst thing in basketball. 
Yeah, it's terrible. You know you're at least going to get <laughs> one season of this because just like the All-Star game when they put the Elam ending in it, you got that really amazing first game, and then after yeah. that they stopped trying again. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. at least we get one good year, and then we go from there. Well, well, that's what the NBA does is they always give one year to try new things, and then normally it doesn't work. Like the rule changes? Right. We'll qu- quickly mention those, the two new rule t- changes. There is uh, new rules in place. Finally, if you win a coach's challenge, you get another coach. You get another one. That I don't know why that wasn't wild. in to begin with. It, it took fantastic. way too long. Everyone in this room agrees. Thank God that finally happened. The other one is flopping. So if you flop, you get a technical, and the other team gets to shoot that, some free throws. They're going to do that for one month. Yeah, it's, and and gonna, it is not going to do, do much more after it's that. It's going to be like the, the, the sweeping through fouls yes, that they yeah. stopped calling for a month. and then. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't know. Like I don't like this. The whole no. like flopping technical thing, not because flopping isn't an issue, it it's gonna be a lot of interpretation by yeah. referees. It's gonna have to yep. be the what exactly is a flop, and I think they do a decent job for the most part. But we saw a play from like summer league where this happened, and like I think it was it wasn't Wemby or I can't remember who it was, but somebody got like hit like in the throat basically, and they like jerked back like as a reaction. And they got called for a flop. I'm like, I'm sorry, I get it. He didn't get like swung in the face, but if you punch someone in the throat, they're probably gonna react the they're same way. React to it. Yeah, so it like, like I don't really delayed. count. How, I don't really understand how oh, that's like, a flop. You're gonna have a lot of those in the NBA, and especially these are big dudes moving at high speeds and stuff. Things may not look that serious to us, but mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm sorry if I like even if I flick you in the eye really hard, I'm sure you're gonna react like a lot worse than it looks. Adam Silver should just walk into the referees before like the season and just print off and post a photo of Joel Embiid on there and say flop, <laughs> and that is their that is what they use as their margins for flopping, oh, and fun, that's it. Leave yeah. it at that. I had a question on that. Who do you like? You, you. I might know your answer already, but like, if you had to guess, <laughs> who's just... gonna get the first in-game flopping tech oh. this season? Who, who do you Harden. think it's gonna be? I got a top three already. It's Harden. You think Harden's gonna be the first one? Harden was the one that was already getting called for when they tried to stop doing the. Um, what was the rule that they tried? They tried to introduce, and Harden was oh the the one you kick your leg out. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he, he that, that is yeah. Harden's go to, and he got called for that. And I remember he was furious. Oh, which also, and I just have visions of that happening. They only did that for a month as well. Oh yeah, that's, that's what why, that's what I'm saying. This yeah. is not going to last more than a month. So it's either going to be Harden or Embiid. One so of the two. Harden, Embiid, Dan. Who you got? Uh, my top three. I don't know who'll get it, but Joel Embiid, Marcus Smart, and our boy Kyle Lowry. Ooh. How funny would that be that in the first game they called Joel Embiid after coming off his MVP <laughs> season for flopping? That would be so funny. It would be hilarious. Spence? I'm going to go off the grid and say Grayson Allen. Interesting. Okay. Is he going to get enough it. playing time to flop? He plays, but he he's a good shooter. I just want to say someone that you got. I honestly yeah. was going to say Marcus Smart. Dan said it. So we got the flop. Are we already doing I'm going to go with one of the OG flop. He's not an OG, but he has one of the most like historically great flops ever, I believe, in college. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, yeah, that's, another one. that's a great one. We, ha- we, I think we named literally every single yeah. one who likes to flop around. LeBron well, James. Sure. That one went with LeBron. That could have been a popular choice. LeFlop James. That yeah, that's yeah. the last. Too bad it's going to be some time. random. It's going to be like OG or something. Yeah, it's good considering the Raptors yeah. don't get calls. Yeah, in season tournament, not a fan. So that that that's my official. I see everyone else is slightly more optimistic than me. Yeah. I gotta see it. If I see them trying and taking it seriously, like a European soccer style trophy, I like it. But I just. It's hard for me to see it happening, but yeah. I need to see it. I feel like coming into this conversation, I thought I was going to be way more like, oh, this is perfect. It's going to be great. But you guys did raise a lot of really good points. I'm as glad to my why, negativity brought yeah, you down. I'm like, I'm more cautiously optimistic now is the word I'd go with. I still have faith in it because mm-hmm. I think the NBA has enough clout to make something happen. But 
I do think there is a lot they're gonna have to hope goes right for them. Yeah, I hope it. I'm I'm excited for it. I hope it works out. Hope you guys are wrong, respectfully, because I, I I think that you guys hope you're wrong as well, because obviously I, I you do. want. You, I don't. It, it's not like I want this to not be good. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like so, I just have endless neg- like pessimism about this because no, I've seen I, I get it. I get the I worst guess case. This, yeah, I yeah. get that part. I just yeah, I hope it works out because I think it can be exciting. I also think I'm just a really big European football fan, so yeah, I but I think that's the the only thing that I like kind of don't see in the European is like even in like the FA Cup where it's all English teams like the most exciting matchups are matchups you don't see yeah that's like, true yeah which is what I was saying or like even Champions League like yeah. it's like you see Man City versus Bayern it's like that's super exciting mm-hmm. that's two top teams that would never ever play if it wasn't for Champions League I think the NBA one's just missing something I don't know what it is so I don't blame them for not having it. I don't it, know. But I'm excited to watch LA versus works. LA in the semifinals because yeah, yeah big I matchup mean, if we're going with the European mindset, another you're adding another trophy to trophy cabinet. So it's just like it's the biggest Mickey Mouse trophy you're adding. If it's like yeah, a you're going to keep saying the first year, but it might not be that ten years from if now. If they find a way to it's legitimize it and may have it That's make it have confident. some legacy, it has potential. Yeah, I do. The like, NBA Cup. I you some you raise <laughs> a point about like an LA versus LA matchup. I think if they mix. They threw conferences out the window to make these groups. That could make it. That fun. was my original yeah, thought yeah, with all of this. Is that schedules might be harder because of like the way they have to do logistically? True. But if you could get like an LA LA final, that was my I mean? original thought. Was that I thought that this was going to be intersplicing everything with conferences, and yeah. it's just not. It's still Eastern East versus West. I'm mm-hmm. surprised they decided to keep conferences. That would have made me a bit more intrigued by it because I think that's more fun because then you're having all of these inter division conferences throughout the entire tournament and in the semis and the finals. That's more fun. I, yeah. I have to assume it's because of schedules because since it's all basically happening within a month mm-hmm. and then like you only play cross-conference opponents so many times a season and usually they're very spread out, I'm guessing that's why. But, like, hey, I think if there's a way to make this work, I, w- I agree. They should definitely do interconference. Well, even, even the harder thing about that is the schedule is not going to get fully released. That was another thing that was confirmed was that the schedules, because of all of these different oh, matchups, point. are not going to get released. So we're not even going to like, – some game that might take place in like the in the tournaments in, in L.A. is going to – or Las Vegas is going to be completely wiped off the schedule eventually. It's weird. It's a really like it. It theme. It thinks like it's thought out, but it's also not thought out at the same time. It's it's strange, hmm. and I yeah, I'm not as positive. But I, I, that was like, was that our first like fight? I felt like actual heat between me <laughs> yeah, and Daniel there for a second. Yeah, going at it. I like. I it. whacked my mic out of the way a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did. I was too uh, dialed in. No, I, it's debate, man. It's podcast or four. Yeah. So. I see your face on your smile, and I immediately just melt back. To yeah, me. like you're like dead again. to me now, but like oh. it was a good debate. Uh, whoa. <laughs> Hopefully, we can get some debates on our next topic. I think it's gonna be a let's fun go. one. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. All right. Let's, yeah. let's get let's get into All it. Right, Jake set us up. Pumped up. So this is a draft that we decided to do. As a team, this came to me, all of us last night. Who's the idea? Daniel? Was that? I think it was Dan's it's idea. Dan's idea, yeah. He should be the one to set this up then. I don't want to okay, set this Dan, up. This is Dan's why. idea. Dan, you, you get hosting privileges for this one. I'm putting you on the spot with this one. Yeah, this is my uh, my go. present to you after we fought. I, I wanted to give you just a <laughs> little bit of- We didn't fight, Jake. We just had Dan, a discussion. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what my all parents right. say too when they're yelling. All right. <laughs> Tee it up, Daniel. What is this dream team podcast draft we're doing? So we're just- uh, we're each going to draft three point guards, and we're going to go around. Uh, Zolfi's going to announce going to announce the first pick. Is it a snake type draft? Is that uh, what we're doing, or are we just going to go around? 
We can do snake. It's got to be snake. Yeah, we can snake, do snake is like every fantasy draft. Yeah. We got to do that. Okay, so, so we'll do snake type draft, and then yeah, we're just gonna compare who the and obviously once you draft a point guard, they're off the board. The other people can't draft them, and yeah, we're just gonna compare who has the best three after, and we're gonna do it for each position in other podcasts. But yeah. today we're doing point guards. We're gonna. It's basically off season content. We want to create the best lineups or see who knows the best ball here. It's cool. So we already who, know the answer can, to that one. Can, yeah, you're right. It's me. It's me. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely me. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's it's not the writer for I was CEPO. Really, I was really sure. hoping we'd all say me at the exact same yeah. time. That would have been Wait, cute. do you want to try that again? On three, right. two, one. Me. me. It's me. Zelfie didn't say it. <laughs> I thought I did. I didn't hear you say oh, it. Damn. Well, okay. So everyone you knows guys, I said it. The, you guys listening will get to tell us who drafted the best team after each position and then we'll put our final teams up on twitter and social media for you yeah. to vote on so keep following along but without further ado do you want to know who gets the yeah. first pick in the first round who's getting stiff who's getting the first pick is it dan scoff all right uh, <laughs> <laughs> yo, i'm gonna need jake to like put in like the draft music or something oh yeah you that. have to do that i can um, do it right now just, right just now? stall okay. just stall i'll just let you know okay I, I said stall. You're not stalling. I don't know what it is stalling. Okay. Uh, speak. So what I'll do uh, is, is lottery, I'll tell right? you the is it, it are we gonna play the sound for when you're making the pick or when I tell you who gets the first overall pick? I'm doing the pick both. sound. Uh, the pick sound? Yeah. Okay, so I think it makes it for both, no? We can do it for both. Uh, I'll announce the lottery uh the the lottery draw with the oh, sound. Let's go. let's go. Okay. Okay. So once Jake cues up the I sound. Know what pick I, I mean, want. while we're stalling, I just wanna say this is super fun content. Yeah. Once we like got it going i was like i got all giddy inside i felt like so uh, excited i've had this stuff on my screen the whole time yeah. that's i saw the picture <laughs> separate the whole time <laughs> that's why i kept using it as an example because every time i looked this was him oh so there's stuff i'm curious like after i think there's a couple like obvious names but then after that like what happens i know I was i'm glad i looked up this thing. list because i would have forgot probably the number two or three overall pick really eh i would have forgot all about him Jake is working. They're trying to find something. Do you want to just do this post? Like, add the sound in? No. Out? No? no? Got to okay. do it live, baby. Yeah, do it live. Okay, Should yeah. I just throw some music in the background? Do you want to listen to <laughs> some, some, some fun little copyrighted music? music? Uncopyrighted music, I might add. Okay, just let, let's just go. Let's see what this Drop it like. on us. All right, that that fits. Okay, sure. It's our draft music. Why not? <laughs> let's go with it. YOLO. So It the, actually kind of does fit. I kind of don't mind this. I mean, it's fun to have. We should put background music for a pod more often. Hey. Just me? It's no. It's kind of nice. I like it's it. It's kind of nice. So It's got 16 views on YouTube. No one's finding this. The first <laughs> Good luck. overall pick in the Dream Team pod draft point guards round is going to the man himself, Jake Schultz. Oh, you thought you were the man? He gets first I thought you were saying the man who gave me the idea. Giving it to the host? Thank you. Yeah, I didn't want the first, first pick. I want, pick. I want pick number two, though. I'm All right. honored. Okay. You get 30 seconds. We're not giving you any longer. 30 seconds, eh? Come up with your first pick. Wait, wait. So where are we going after Jake? Is it just left? No, 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 no there's, an the order. Order. There's, there's an order. There's an order. Let's go. Okay. And I'll tell you the order. Should I? Uh, My pick is in. My pick is in. Pick is in? My pick is in. Just, uh... Gonna, gonna NFL draft is he going to go with the mock draft number one? With the first pick of the Dream Team Podcast point guard edition, Jake Schultz selects. Yeah, you already know it's Steph Curry. Oh, Steph, Steph Curry, baby. <laughs> Why are you picking the Steph? Goat. Let me know. The it's goat. The goat. Wow. The goat point okay. guard. Okay. Best, one of the best shooters of all time. Clutch. The the best everything. The best shooter. Point to that finger, baby. He's coming. He's coming for number five. You think he's going to win one more? Yeah, I do. And really? he is wow. number one 
on my list. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mister Steph have Curry, baby. A different player. I don't. No. I don't think. No. So. I, I don't know okay. why you would. would to be Steph. honest. Okay. It's yeah, Steph. he's average. Like his last season was nearly thirty points a game, six rebounds, fifty percent from the field, forty-three percent from three, ninety percent. That's from the my line. goat. He's like, pretty good. That yeah. is my goat. He's kind of all right sometimes. You know what I mean? Okay. The second pick in the Dream Team Pod pouring guard draft goes to the man. Who came up with the idea? Oh, Daniel oh. I wanted the second pick, man. Second pick Let's go. Spencer, spoiler alert, you don't have the second pick. <laughs> All right, the draft is the p- the pick is in. Oh, it's already in. in. Whoa, wow. look at that. You didn't even have to think. I already have I, a list. I, I, oh, no, All right. <laughs> Just say it. Hey, with the it? second pick. There you go. Sound. With the second pick in the first round, Daniel Ramos picks Scott Luka Doncic. Oh, I was <laughs> like, where are you going? Scott. Scotty Barnes is a, a joke. Oh, I wanted Luka. that All pick. Right. Why Luka? I know there's a couple other names. Why Luka? Because I think he's the second best point guard in the league. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. 33 um, points. And I, it's not much else yeah, you can really say awesome. to that, to be honest. Yeah, like, <laughs> guy nearly averaged a triple-double. 33 points, basically nine rebounds and eight assists. Damn. He's a baller, man. Okay, that is the second pick. Spencer, it's down to you and me for the third overall pick. We get a whole bunch of mid. And <laughs> you don't think there's much left? No, I, I'm just I just don't know who to take. I'm gonna be very conflicted here. Okay. But, uh, take Ben Simmons. All right. No. I'm sorry, Spencer. The decision's gonna get even harder for you because I have the third oh, overall pick. I'm sorry. Baby. I didn't do this. This is the this is the Google generator. No, I blame Google. I will never buy right. anything from Google again or Look, use their services. This could go a couple different ways, but I feel like. Oh, I have two names, and this is controversial for me because I don't know which name I want to go for. There's, I, there's two for me as well. Whichever one you're taking, I might have to snag the other. You know what? I'm going to have – I like swerving too often, so I'm going to swerve here a little bit. All right, my pick is in. Your pick is in. Yeah. All right, the pick is in for this one. I'm nervous. It's not even my pick. All right, with the well, third overall pick. That's got some sound effects in the yeah. background for the that one. Third overall video. pick in the point guard <laughs> round goes – to the Canadian kid, Shy Gilgis Alexander. Okay, number shy. three. Eh? Oh, Spencer Dave. doesn't like that. I think he wanted that one. Yeah, because I, I get two picks, right? You do. That's how snakes. That's how snake works. Yeah, honestly, my other name was Dame, but I want to go with the younger guy, Shy. He had a better season, in my opinion. It's kind of crazy that Dame hasn't been picked. <laughs> yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. We'll I want to be different. Taken. I don't think so. But like that's how good that's how stack point guards are in yeah. this league. I that's say it's how crazy, stack the but the league like, is, bro. Shy shot over fifty percent from the field. Could you imagine if these guys had an in-season tournament? Expansion <laughs> coming <laughs> soon. Crazy. Yeah, well, Shy goes to Alexander. That's my pick. He shot fifty percent from the field this year. Yeah, fifty percent from the field, thirty-five percent from three, thirty-two points a game, five rebounds, six assists. He was one of the best players in the league, top five for MVP voting. I'm pretty sure. Love it. Like, he's really good. All right, Spencer, you're up. Mr. Kloss. All right, well, my first pick is in. Oh, his first pick is in. Okay, all righty. Here we go. First pick. All right, with the last pick of the first round, fourth overall, I'm selecting Damian Lillard. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. He's still on Portland. For now. Probably be moved to Miami. I was kind of hoping Zolfi picked somebody else and I got Dame and Shy, but now I need to think a little bit. You got some time here. Dame and Shy? You thought you'd get Shy or or Dame in the second round? Man, I don't know, man. You're being greedy, bro. I I, I was, of course, being greedy. I didn't necessarily think. It was hope. 
it's yeah. a lot of See, now it's where it gets interesting. I think those were the consensus top four point guards. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. There's two that I... There's, there's more names that I The fact I that I get think. to pick real late is making me really upset. Not gonna oh, lie. it's Snake. It's oh, my snake. gosh. Bro, I thought Jake was next. Out. Oh, no, 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 sir. No, no. I, we got to wait, Daniel. Oh, I feel shoot, like I might get man. torched for this one. I got to pick right here. And the pick is in? Uh, Still thinking? He's, he's real perplexed here. I picked some good copyright-free music. I actually have, I, I've, I've I, enjoyed I, I this. You, you, didn't, you weren't so sold on at the beginning, and then now you're yeah, like, it. Yeah, it. it grew on me. I just like the idea of us talking some nonsense while it's this the music goes. It's the rough draft. I just <laughs> want to point that oh, out. Oh, let's go. Just uh, for a point of clarification, it doesn't matter about fit or anything like that. We're just going best available. Like It's your choice. It's your draft. Yeah, you get to. You have to justify why. Because at the end, him. you're gonna have a team of 15 players. Well, let me just say, I picked Damian Lillard for the obvious reason that he's still probably he's the best shooter available. Um, he's the most experienced point guard available. He's never won a title, but you know what? We also re reward uh, loyalty around here, so that's why I picked him. Okay. The guy who currently. Uh, the guy who wants to leave. <laughs> yeah, but can you blame him at no, this point? To be fair, he is so loyal to Miami that he wants oh, yeah. to be only yeah. on that team right He's now. He's always loyal. He just switched. Yeah. He just got a new, a new, a uh, new loyalty. Yeah. New All right, Spencer. Who are you picking? Uh, um, okay. Your pick is in. It is. Your pick is in. This is the second round. First pick of second round. With the first pick of the second round, I am going to select Jamal Murray. Okay. Another Canadian. Wow. And why I'm doing that over maybe some other names is solely based on uh, some of these names I, I know uh, play worse in the playoffs and when it matters. And Jamal Murray elevates his game in the playoffs. He's a champion. Um, he was the second best player on a championship team. And he's Canadian, so I got to pick Jamal Murray there. Sweet. Is someone writing these down? I am. Oh. Yeah. You're the GOAT, Daniel. Thank yeah, you. I didn't even think about that. Thanks, yeah, I don't see I didn't either. That's a good thing that you're doing that, Dan. I learned from oh. the Kickaboo podcast. Sorry, what is that podcast that you're talking about? You, the Kickaboo. I thought you were only on this podcast. I'm we signed you for podcasts. exclusive rights. Wait. All right, just so you know, Jake, we are bleeping that out, by the way. Kickaboo is not going to be mentioned. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll do it. <laughs> D- don't nah, tempt me. I'll nah, do it. Uh, as long as you don't ever promote Cinemates, then that's, that's fine. Then. Wait, what's yeah. that? Cinemates? Yeah. You're not even repping your own podcast? <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. All right. You, you, all right. Next pick. Next pick. Let's start right. roasting our the, old podcast here. My second pick for the point guard draft is in. I don't know if it's this is controversial. Yeah. I don't all know right. if it's controversial. I don't think it is, but I can understand why people might think so. The pick is in. Let's hear it. I, know I am picking Mr. John ja Morant. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was my next that's, pick. Yeah, that's, I not con- that's not controversial. I had three names. I probably would have picked him if that stuff didn't happen. So. Yeah, Good 26 points, six rebounds, eight assists, 46% from the field. He's a 30% three-point shooter. And obviously he has the controversy of, of missing like 25 games. But this isn't an actual team that I'm putting together. It's a draft of the best point guard. Yeah, so. You got him on a discount because of his, his problem. Exactly. There you go. There Second you round. Go. John Morant is off of the board. Uh, the pick is in. The pick is wow, in. Oh, he was confident There's one, that. Person there's that one I that I think really is like think it's probably going to be going. So we'll, we'll really? see. I'm not so sure. Actually, go. there's three names, but I. Well, that I think. yesterday, I think I was, or the day before, I was like telling you guys how high I am on one of these players. Oh, oh I think I know who you're talking about. Let's who are you it. picking? With the sec, with the third pick in the second round draft. But what? <laughs> <laughs> you have to pray you're never announcing that. Okay, I'm never doing that. <laughs> the what at the end was third perfect. Pick. <laughs> third pick in the second round. Third pick in the second round. Daniel Ramos. 
taking Tyrese Halliburton. Wow. wow. Okay. Let's go. Wow. I was not, I was expecting, not that. expecting that at Let's all. Go. Why, who, who Why guys, Halliburton? Because uh, he's arguably the best playmaker in the league and an amazing three-point shooter. But that actually reminds me, speaking of playmakers, I did not have Trey Young on my list, and I totally went over him. But I, another guy I don't rate his defense at all. What's that? There's another guy that averaged over 10 assists that's still there, too. Oh, Harden? I don't, I don't want Harden. I don't, I'm sorry. Harden's at the end of his, I don't, like, I at mean, the point of his career, yeah. I just don't want him on my team. I don't know really? if I'm counting him in my thing. I mean, maybe he you was, get him. He's a point guard. Yeah, he's, he's a, a point guard. He's a point guard. He's point point guard, point guard but, but I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, Tyrese Halliburton I off the board. I almost took my last pick. Wow. So now I get two picks here. Which is last year. You got under the radar. This is where it gets very spicy for me because there's three names that are sticking out. And one is kind of getting ridiculous at the point that he hasn't been called, but he's also kind of old. I think I know what you're talking about. Let's let's hear the pick. All right, I I, I got my first one in, so yeah, we'll, we'll go with the first one. Uh, the first pick. This is your also going to be your last pick next. Yes. Oh yeah. I got two, and that's my last one. I want to keep going. Um, with the fourth pick in the second round of the Dream Team Podcast draft. That's how you do it, Daniel. Beautiful like that. I'm not a host, all right. I am selecting De'Aaron you Fox. Wow. Yeah, that was, is. I was thinking. Him. I, I was my considering pick. him. No, I, I don't know if I was going to pick him, but I was considering. I was, I was debating between him. I wanted him as my third pick. My team been. Look, swipe and no swiping. He's mine. All right. De'Aaron Fox, one of the most exciting young players in the league right now. I love Sacramento. I love everything that team is doing. I have love watching him play. Halliburton honestly would have been the one I would have taken. So. Oh yeah, and I'm sad that you took really? him. Let's For go. me, it was Aaron Fox then Halliburton. So that was gonna be my one too. It was gonna be that because I was expecting one of these names not to be here at this point. And yeah. I think we might have a bias coming. Up I think one. there might be a little bit of one. <laughs> Could you imagine if he goes undrafted? Uh, my second pick is in. So the third round, first pick of the first round. Get that music up there again. Sorry, with the first pick of the third round oh, okay. of the Dream Team podcast, I almost messed it up. I caught myself. All right. Jake Casual. Schultz is selecting Trey Young. Oh, okay. You know what? No, he had to. That's, he had yeah. to. He, he's. You have to. Is, is it weird that I kind of glad that he's off the board? Because uh, I no, because I'm glad he's off the board too. Yeah, I was, I was. I didn't <laughs> want to take him, but I, I would have had to. Exactly. I was like, oh, I might have to take him, but I don't know if I want to. Look, yeah. he, it would have gone to the point where he would have went like possibly undrafted. I Which feel is like. insane. He's Which would, yeah, 26 be, and 10. No, yeah, I that would be I just, horrible. Uh, oh, I know I'm taking we would not be a serious podcast if we did not draft yeah. Trey so, Young. My team, Steph Curry and Trey Young and Darren Fox. Number one might have been the, the perfect end. spot to be for this because there's enough depth. I already had my leadership with Steph Curry, so I didn't want Kyrie is what was my thinking there. But it, I know it's supposed to be like overall. But you know what? Trey Young is still so good. He's clutch. I have arguably two of the clutchest point guards on my uh, three. All three are like arguably three I mean, of the clutchest point guards. Fox, like the clutch he was the clutchest player of the year. Yeah. I have three of the clutchest point guards on my team. Damn, damn, damn. Just wanted to mention that. Team, so that's team. my team. My team is filled. You got three clutch point guards and negative seventeen defense. I like it. Hell yeah! yeah. That's how <laughs> that's I love yeah, it. Darren's gonna be guarding yeah. all three positions. Okay, who's next? Dan? Is it's he back me. up? Yeah. Right. D- don't pick Kyle Lowry. Let him go and draft. No, please pick I'm last. I'm last. I'm Man, this guy. is a really tough one. I am really struggling between guy. three guys here. 
If he, if you take the person that I'm hoping you don't take, I know Zolf is taking my guy. I'm Dan stuck. Dungeon, man. <laughs> All I right. know it. The pick is in. The I'm just gonna bite the bullet. Is in. Oh, oh I love, no. I love playmakers. Oh no. I love playmakers, dude. The pick is in. With the second pick in the third round, killed it. Um, I'm picking Darius Garland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still think my guy's better. Yeah, I, I I think if the guy who it's gonna be my, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we're looking about the same guy. What, Lamelo Ball? No. 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 No, no one wants Lamelo. Dude, amazing playmaker. What are you talking about? He's he's a good playmaker. He's I good. Just, he's, he's just, just not draftable. Just not healthy that's a bit enough. Of man, yeah, he's not. He you forget injured. about him. You forget about him. And like, I don't think I, of him I as like on a, my list. I don't he's think of him as a winning he's player yet. Personally, I don't think Lamelo Ball is a winning player yet. That's gonna be incredibly ironic, given who my pick is going to be. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> oh no, I might be good then. Oh, are you, okay, it's interesting. Our right, pick is in. Let's get that sound up there. Yeah. Oh, now I'm curious who you're thinking, because I think I may know. But I'm going full toxicity with my team, because oh, I am boy. picking uh, Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah, about yeah, Kyrie. Yeah. I forgot I about Kyrie. Oh, when you started saying that, I was like, is he taking James Harden? No. I, if Kyrie did five and five by Kyrie, good still pick, at his pick. age and what he's doing with Luca, I think he's still one of the best point guards and ball handlers in the league. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I just, I like my locker room I, to be happy. Yeah, honestly. You know? <laughs> hey, players I, say they like him. Yeah, that's true. I like, I like my toxic. I like my, my management room. to be happy. <laughs> my locker room is like one bad game away from losing two of the three point guards. Yep. But you know, Sophie just wants someone who Shai's can match there. his energy. Yeah. Shy is there. He's, he's, what does that mean? Yeah, what? You know how many times you come on here and you just don't let me talk about my childhood? Okay, you just want people. That <laughs> <Wasn't> one time. <laughs> I'm, I've held on to it. All right, I haven't let that go. Wait, Jay, what were you? Ta- what, what about your childhood? It was the rush. Remember the like, rush thing that I wanted to talk about? Rush and you just he like, was like wait. Anyways, ignoring him. Kidding, I'm actually kidding. happy you took Kyrie because if you didn't, I would have forgot about him and regretted it. Wait, <laughs> New York Knicks point guard? Is that who? Yeah, I knew it. No way. Oh, Let's no. go. Draft. He's on my shortlist. Yeah. He's in. Here's the sound. Well, Let's give you know him. who I'm taking, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Last pick of the draft um, is Mr. Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I think is. he's vastly yeah, underrated. Still. Fantastic pick. He is. I think he actually is a winning point guard. I think he does all the right things uh, to be a winning point guard. Um, I I love me some Jalen Brunson. Uh, Yeah, sorry, James Harden, but you're not getting picked. It's a great player, man. Yeah, there's a lot of He's on my shortlist as well. Yeah, let's do some honorable mentions. Uh, Number one, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball. Yeah. James Harden. James Harden. Drew Uh, Holiday. Drew Holiday. Holiday. I I was thinking about taking him there. Um, Brogdon. I mean, I guess you could put Fred Van Vliet in there. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet. Marcus Smart. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's not a bad one. Again, he's a rookie. Scoot Henderson. I mean, Chris Paul. Chris Uh, Paul, yeah. Kyle Lowry. Malachi Flynn. How do you guys feel about about Cade? Cade, So Cade actually was on my list. Yeah. Um, I would have taken him if it maybe went one more round just based on ceiling, but when you miss a whole season... I agree. It's it's tough. Yeah, right. if Kate was healthy and played like how we think he could play, I would have put him close to LaMelo Ball as like a guy yeah. on the fringe for me. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he averaged, what, 18, 8, and 6 in his rookie year-ish? Yeah. So last year, you had to, you would have had to imagine. He would have averaged north of 20, like 8 and 8 or something. So. Oh, he's actually like... He, oh, that was this. Never mind. I was looking at his stats. In the 12 games he played, like before getting hurt, 
20 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. That's pretty damn good for a second-year player. Yeah, if he wasn't hurt, it'd be a different conversation, but he lost the whole season of development. We don't know how he's going to look. We'll leave that one uh, up in the air. All right. Let's go for our teams. Yeah, I'm going to read them out. I just put them in the docs if you guys want to look at it. But All for right. the viewers or listeners. All right. With the first pick, it was Jake. Um, he drafted Steph Curry, Darren Fox, and Trey Young. I'm so confident about that. That's team. a good team. That's Not a really bad. good team. So confident about that one. Me, Daniel, with the second pick, drafted Luka Doncic, Tyrese Halliburton, <laughs> and Darius Garland. I don't know if you can tell, but I love playmakers. Like, I love think you might have the be- like the most assists on your team. Yeah, that's why yeah. I drafted them. Yeah. That's absolutely that's yeah. exactly why I drafted them. Ten apiece, pretty much, almost. Um, Zelfie, you went third. You drafted Shy Gilgis Alexander, John Morant, and Kyrie Irving. Spencer, a lot of buckets. You went last, and you drafted Damian Lillard, Jamal Murray, and Jalen Brunson. Probably three of the most likable point guards on this list. Yeah, yeah, so honestly, yeah. Here's the problem with the three round draft is whoever goes last, you get last pick in the first round and the last round. Yeah, that's so. true. Do we just go to four of them? <laughs> no, 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 no. I I, I just, still got people on my kinda, list I can draft. No. I, still, I think we're going fourth. You still came out with a pretty damn good squad. We all kind of yeah, went like very similar themes. Like we all picked I picked clutch. Daniel had playmaking. Zolfi, you had like pure shooters scoring. and scoring, scoring yeah. and I just went for versatility. Yeah, like we all picked re- relatively within the themes of our first pick. I think that's like how drafts we, go, right? Like each front office has their own like style and like. I was bias. gonna say we all clearly have a type of play yeah. that player that we like. Yeah, I, so, I mean, that's cool. can you tell I love big athletic guards. That can, I have like three guys that like <laughs> shoot and jump. you either love or you hate. You either love or you hate Ja. You either love or you hate Kyrie. And Shy is kind of similar because he's like he's a Canadian guy. He's not that personality. And people hate Canadians. Thing. Exactly. So like, and like he plays a very Canadian. like herky jerky style that's not like very appealing to some people. Yeah, that's so true. like either you love Shy or you don't. So I think like those are three guys that like. I'm going to have a lot of fans, like, diehards for, but there's going to be a lot of people against my team as well. And I kind of like having some villains. Everyone on your team also averaged over 26 points per game. So Bucket pretty impressive. Us. Pretty impressive. That's That was fun. I like that. So what do we, we expect? What can we expect next, Dan, from this? Uh, what do you, what position do you guys want to do next? you want to just go up to shooting guard? Order, or, yeah. yeah. I think shooting guard. Shooting guard next. It's going to be great to see, like, all of our teams after this, like, who we pick for everyone. It's gonna be cool, I think man. small forward is going to be very interesting because it's very top-heavy. I always find small forward a very top-heavy position. Yeah. yeah so I'm going to see – I think we're going to have a lot of different, like – Even shooting guard, I feel like, is list. kind of top-heavy. I feel like shooting guards are really murky nowadays. You know what's yeah. going to be really hard to me? Centers. There's barely any centers. That's in the true. true. I think That's point guard might be the most fun. most uh, depth. Bismack yeah. Biombo, so actually, maybe one. if there's a time to pick fourth, maybe point guard was a, was a time to pick fourth. So are we switching up the order every week? Yeah, so I'll yeah, do the name generator every week. You can go first in back-to-back weeks. Since there's five positions, hypothetically, one of us is going to get to pick first twice. Since there's like four of us, <laughs> it's gonna be me. So we'll see who, but you can go first back to back weeks. So I'll make sure of that, and True. then we'll kind of we'll kind of go from there. I'm looking at the list of centers, and it is dire. Yeah, yeah. You have like you have like your all NBA centers, and then you have like Nothing. who do you think is gonna be good one day? Then you have yeah. Daniel Tice. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then you have Daniel Gafford. No, then you actually have like oh. franchise quarter stuff. Uh, if I don't pick Daniel Gafford or Spencer Robert. doesn't pick it, we look like big hippies. If somebody else takes Shangun, I'm leaving. Is I'm Isaiah Stewart a power forward or a center? 
I don't know. He Who? got paid though. Isaiah Stewart. Power See that bag he got? Uh, Yo, he's like in between. Under, yeah. maybe All I'm saying center. is take it in that Isaiah Stewart shot like four threes a game last year. That is insane. That is you would wild. never think if you looked yeah. at the guy, but he actually shot like thirty high high thirty percentages, four attempts a game. Just pretty crazy. For yeah, a that big is. Like that. That's wild. How are we feeling on that? Feeling like a good pod? Everyone confident yeah. with their picks? I'm very confident with my picks. Yeah, I like I my, my picks. Um, I wish I had Steph Curry, but... Yeah. <laughs> we all did. Don't, don't you all. We will not be know. doing this next week. Uh, Luke is a, I'm pretty happy. Want, yeah, well, that's Luke why I want to pick two, because nice. the fallout from Steph to Luka, I don't think is as far as I don't the fallout so, yeah. after. That's I why I want to pick two. But yeah. Right. Ne- next week, we won't be doing this, because uh, Daniel's abandoning us. Sorry, guys. I'm going to go... Live a good life you in know, California. We had uh, enjoy the hot weather. So yeah. We'll draft shooting guards for you. Don't worry. Oh. oh yeah, why don't we just draft for him? <laughs> I think that's fair, right? I'm, that works. Perfectly. I'm all right. I I think you guys should wait. You sure? You don't want to see <laughs> that your team at the end is just gonna have a big discrepancy yeah. for it? Do we? De- okay, what are we going next? We want to do. Would we decide what we're going to do? I would say we yeah, have to go in order. Shooting guards? guards? I'm yeah. sure we'll we'll draft Gary Trent Jr. for you. You're Raptors. Gary Trent Jr. You can have Grayson Allen and Grayson Allen. Oh my god! As long as you draft them for me. I'm, I'm you good. know ball. Okay, so you give record. us our consent to do this, right? Yeah, I do. Why am I knocking on wood? I don't think that does <laughs> anything. Yeah, that doesn't apply at all. If you crossed your fingers, that, that's oh, a thing. shoot. Yeah, damn. <laughs> he knocked on wood for that. And my brain wasn't working there. Uh, we'll take a week off. Okay. Yeah, we'll have all these posted next week on our socials. I think that'll be cool to like kind of just show like on our little break. Yeah. Little, yeah. What we had. And then you'll see the updates as it goes on throughout the season leading and up to. Then um, at the end, we'll post our full teams. And then you'll yeah, see that Jake's number one. Um, so Dan Skov, I already showed you. I know you're listening. Thanks, Dan. Please vote. be on my side. Yeah, vote. I, I, I showed a joke first. All right, you can Fair uh, enough. vote for me. All right, do you guys? Do you guys want some trivia to end the pod, or do you want to call it there? Oh, obscure Raptors trivia. every week. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, you want this? Let's All give right. us some yeah. obscure. This is Raptors. like laptop, I don't know if this is guy. easy or not, but I think this is a good test to see in our Raptors fans. So. We'll start no off. one go. Now I'm really don't nervous. Go on that laptop I'm nervous. I don't. Okay. I'm not a cheater, bro. <laughs> he played 409 games in his career, not all with Toronto. Mm-hmm. He actually played his first four seasons with Denver. Had a year off where he played in Greece, and then his last three NBA seasons were with the Raptors from age 26 to 28. Any thoughts so far? Mm. Do we get a? Sorry, did you mention the year that he was, like, drafted or anything? He came from overseas, I believe. I don't know if he was drafted. Or, like, the years he was playing for the Raptors? Is that allowed? The year he played for the Raptors was 2010 to 2013. So three Ooh. seasons. Just before the We the North era. So three seasons. 2013. Hmm. Can you tell us how he left? Did he leave via trade, or did he go back to Europe? Or No, I believe he just retired or went back retired. to Europe. Like, he wasn't signed again. I have no idea. All right. Just based off that. he I'll give you his stats. This probably isn't going to help, but this is fun. He 13. averaged in his career uh, nine points, four rebounds, and an assist. And his best season with the Raptors was his first season with them in 2010-2011, where he put up 11 points, four and a half rebounds, and an assist a game. One assist a game. Yeah, there's one hint I can throw in there for you at some point that I think is going to help some of you guys quite a bit, but I'm waiting. He has to be a Euro. You're correct. European mm. player. 
dude. Oh, he was drafted by the Trailblazers in the first round in 2005. But he played 2005. He was, yeah, but he went to Denver right away. So because he played in Greece, I feel like not, but is he Spanish? He's not. Okay. Never mind. He, he can't be a guard. Okay, if he's ever doing four rebounds, one assist as a guard, like... Yeah, that's why he'd be crazy. Shooting guard, not a maybe, guard. but I'd have to say he's a, a forward or... Is he a center? No, he's a forward. He's a forward? He's actually one of my favorite obscure Raptors of all time. I actually really liked him when he played, but... Okay, next hint. Uh, he. This is the big hint. He's Lithuanian. My mind went JV, and that's just wrong. I know. So the big thing with, like, getting JV was, like, these guys knew each other. They actually played quite a bit, like, together internationally. I'm blanking, man. That's when I was, like, like, mostly in love with the team, too. Yeah, it's, like, right before the We the North era. He was honestly, like, I remember him as playing more games, but in his three seasons, like, he averaged, like, 40 games. Like, he didn't play much, which is weird. I don't know why. Uh, my mind keeps going to all the wrong people. He, he played around 20 to 25 minutes a game in those three seasons, too. I hate that we're all going to know the name, too, when you say oh, it. Yeah, I, don't know, sure. I don't know if this helps, but apparently his nickname is, like, his, his first name, so, like, Blank the Menace. I guess his first name kind of rhymes with that, but not really, but, if you ask me. Uh, no, it's not Dennis. Oh, right. This is great. I'm throwing in the towel. Yeah. Are you throwing in the towel? All right, Linus Klaza. Oh my gosh! Who? The Lithuan- you don't remember Linus Klaza? No. He was, a, he was like a stretch four, like three, like kind of baller. He was funny as hell to talk to. And again, yeah, Lithuanian. So he had that JV connection. I you, know him, but I wouldn't even have been able to tell you like that he like. I would never been that he averaged like eleven points or whatever. And that's like I. Yeah, I no can't even remember him stats. for one basketball reason. Man, he was my OG, bro. He Good started name, 23 though, games name. in that first season with the Raptors. Any toxic stories with this guy like you did? Yeah, <laughs> he just seemed like a cool dude. I, I like Linus Glaza. But, yeah, Linus I said I wasn't going to start easy with the first one. I Maybe maybe tone it back So, a bit. Fred Van Fleet should be your next one? No, just a, as a, maybe not so obscure. I'll go, like, like not popularized Raptors then just to make it fair. Well, I'm going to expose myself. I wasn't really a Raptors fan until, like, 2012. So... Anything after that I should be pretty good at. Before that, don't expect much help from me, honestly. I, yeah. I've been a fan my whole life, but like as a kid, I like I just the you Chris, know guys the Chris Bosh yeah, era like, oh, is gonna Chris be Bosch, so much harder to pick names out. Yeah, I me. wouldn't. There's I would, like I'll know like the main ones. Like yeah. I know the guys, but like there's gonna be like only like probably four or five from like Chris Bosh and like the Calderon era that like I'm gonna be like. Zolfi's telling us to do exactly. homework. Oh yeah, yeah, we're doing our homework. Start studying. But up. that yeah, I, I have a Raptors book. It's called. 101 things all Raptors fans should know. So I'm going to start reading that. <laughs> hey, only 101? Yeah, not more? It was written a while back, I think. Did you read that one? Was it before the championship? I don't think so. No, the championship is is mentioned in it. Mm. I think it was right after the championship is when mm. it got released. So. Hey, well, Linus Klaza, study Do you want to read him. like a chapter of it every time on the podcast? <laughs> Listen <laughs> for our reading read-along. with Dan. Dan with an audiobook. All right, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up there. That, that Those are going to be the death of me, hearing those every week and me just sitting here blankly being like, uh-huh. Man, we are yeah, going to get and, exposed. And, and, I'll, make it, I'll make it easier. <laughs> if you get one from the past 10 years, I, I got it. Alrighty, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. As 
always, you can find us on social media at dream underscore team pod as well on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow, subscribe, give us likes, give us reviews, join Dan Skov and make us another one. I got three shout outs. I want to make him my best friend. That's what I'm trying to do. We love you, Dan. As well, you can follow me at Jake underscore Schultz six on Twitter. You can follow me at Zulfi underscore shake. That's Z-U-L-F-I underscore S-H-E-I-K-H. Instagram is the same. Hit your boy up. You can follow me on Twitter at Kloss Talk Sports. That's C-L-O-S-S Talks Sport. Follow me on Twitter at Raptors Vision and on Instagram at Dee's Digital. D-E-D-E-S Digital. I'm posting pictures there. I hope you know next week when you're not here, we're just going to do a segment of us looking through your Instagram account. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, go for it, man. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> nothing on there, so. So you say. You'll be in Cali, you won't I... <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Join us next week when we expose Daniel, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye. Later.